in a world where combat sports changes on a dime. Two men cover the happenings of it all. What's up, everybody? Professional Wrestling. We said the wrestling world was going to change. CM Punk is all elite. And honestly, it couldn't have gone better. I think it's possible that Goldberg beats Lashley and that Big E beats Goldberg. Because I don't see Big E beating Roman. I thought ROH was a pile of crap. I think corporate ROH is gross. First of all, the Nick Gage entrance is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. The Edge deal is up next year. Do you think he gets here AEW if he's still healthy? I think that he's a WWE lifer, honestly. Don't forget that the only reason WWE cleared him to begin with was because AEW was going to, and they were trying to sign him. Mixed martial arts. And I think everything leads towards Sandhagen, but I I don't know. I think TJ could surprise some people. I'm choosing Sandhagen, um, especially with his last two performances. The Aljamain Sterling and Piotr Jan running that back, and the winner of this should definitely get the next title shot. I thought Connor looked fantastic with the kicks. When he got rocked with punches, he went for the guillotine. That was the stupidest move. Do you hear Dustin after the fight admitted, though, that there was like a second there where he was like, oh God, he might have me. Do you think Pena has a chance against Man Nunez? The card isn't very good, in my opinion. Even the undercard, I don't think is that great. When Jan and Lou could potentially be really boring also. That's possible. Definitely. Boxing. Jake Paul by knockout, probably pretty early. It's pretty telling when uh, Jake Paul was like, let's put up our purses against one another and Woodley wouldn't do it. I think Tyron Woodley's going to win this fight. He's going to throw combinations at Jake that Jake hasn't seen yet. First off, I'm going to say congratulations to Tyron Woodley for making $2 million. I would like to see Vitor and Jake, because I think Vitor would beat Jake's ass. Left on a while so funny that this is the boxing people talk about most instead of the best boxers fighting. This is what boxing has become. The promoters have not allowed the best fighters to fight the best. They protect their own interests, they protect their fighters, and they never let the best fight the best. And there's multiple champions in the same weight class, and they still won't fight each other to unify the belts. And this is what has allowed YouTubers to come in and take over the sport. And much, much more. I have them this weekend. I'm just going to let the board fall to me. Dalvin Cook, Zeke, CMC. Hopefully I can get one of those running backs. I did my draft tonight, as y'all can see with my Viking jersey on. You have like your really, really top tier wide receivers, but then there's a pretty big drop off. They didn't speak English. So like the UFC like wasn't getting them title fights as fast as people who did speak English. It absolutely was happening for, for a time in the sport. The reason why I brought that up though is because of the Stephen A thing, because I think it's a moronic, a moronic viewpoint to take. Yeah, I mean, we just saw Andre Olovsky show up on AEW Dynamite. Like, I, Not only that, we've seen Junior Dos Santos, Andre Olovsky. We've seen Cejudo on Dynamite. We've seen Vitor Belfort on Dynamite. We've seen Jorge Masvidal yeah. and Amanda Nunez. Like, it just, like, the fact that Tony Khan actually just did that. Fightful. 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 Steven Jensen. Yeah, that's the stuff I got going on. Uh, Fightful Select Weekend of Podcast. Support Fightful and Fightful Select. Doug from RBD Tito for Loyal. Are we having fun yet? Because this thing has just got taken to a completely different level. Straight, straight from YouTube.com. Live rounds. The Marksmen have arrived. Have arrived. Watching live rounds with Doug and Steven and being introduced to you by the real IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Will Ospreay. Hey yo. (laughs) 
Sorry. Oh, you had to do it. Um, yeah, tonight we're going to definitely talk about Scott Hall and remembrance of Scott Hall, um, his importance in the business, how everybody's feeling. I definitely want to hear the chat tonight, hear your favorite moments, um, how you're feeling about it. If you guys want to send Super Chats to have your stuff posted, please do so. Um, we'll get into some Cody Rhodes stuff as well. Uh, kind of AEW storylines and where things are heading in their future. Um, and, and yeah, but, but I really wanted to focus on Scott Hall because, you know, it is rare when we lose legends in the business, not rare, but it, it's not, especially a big one like him. I mean, and, and I think we definitely need to talk about that because I feel like a lot of people want to be like, you know, he wasn't world champion. He wasn't this, but like, if you want to go over just like impact that he had in the business, I mean, he is one of the all-time greats, one of the pioneers. Um, and he's also one of the guys that has, uh, I don't know, uh, how you would say it's its definitely almost a yin-yang, right? Like there's a good side and an evil side. There's been a lot of bad things that have happened about him and a lot of great things that have happened. And it's just kind of all part of his legacy in general, so... Lots to talk about with Scott Hall. Um, if I ended up talking about the NFL and Randy Gregory and all that stuff, then we might not be monetized for this video because I am so pissed off about this whole situation. And uh, I'm really getting tired of Cowboy fans and their toxic, dumb ass. Uh, they just want to toe this line and they don't want to understand the bigger picture. And I understand that there's just people out there that want to know, Hey, when's the game on Sunday? And they want to watch and that's it. But like, I'm not that fan. I know the damn practice squad. I know our salary cap. I know our draft picks. I know everything about this team. And this was a big blow to us in just a sense of just the disrespect, the, the loyalty has just been, I've never seen anything like this, honestly. And uh, I think it's a big slap in the face to Jerry Jones for a guy that did a lot for Randy Gregory. And I know people are just going to be like, well, you know, Randy didn't like something and he has the right to choose another team. And yeah, he absolutely does. But then just say that, you know, don't agree to terms with the Cowboys and then be like, oh, wait, I don't like the language in that. So I'm going to go to this team instead when that could have easily been worked out, I just think his agent's a scumbag. And I think that uh, Randy decided to go a different path and it is what it is. Yeah. So we'll get into a lot of stuff tonight. We'll definitely talk a lot of Scott Hall. Um, as always, shout out to Unkind Esports. I always want to give him a shout out at the beginning of the show. Check them out. Website is unkindesports.com. Their social media is at, at Unkind Esports. There's a lot of wrestling fans and MMA fans over there. So you'll be fit in really well in their community and uh and yeah they do twitch they do a whole bunch of stuff so if you're a gamer or you're a fan of gaming they're looking for people to play games on their on their platforms they're looking for a lot of stuff and uh looking to build their community so once again thank you to unkind esports for sponsoring the show today as always and yeah speaking football like i'm on the opposite of you right now dude like yeah. i am happy that they locked down kirk and that extension and they yeah. spread the money out and it like we went from 15 over the cap to like right at the cap now we're making moves like i i'm pretty sure now after a, a couple of things we just recently done like the the, the writings on the wall for anthony Barr. we already we already got rid of michael pierce um 
they're they're opening it like this is they're making the moves that I I like because there are certain players I don't want them to lose. Like I didn't I don't want them to lose Eric Kendricks, but now that they uh they just signed um the dude from Arizona um yeah. I, mean, I just blanked Hicks. on his name Hicks Hicks yeah so he'll play next to Kendricks like that isn't the kind of move where it looks like Kendricks would be out because of that. It looks like we'll keep we'll keep Kendricks and we'll also have Hicks there too, and. uh yeah, so I'm. I know Chandler Jones just visited with Minnesota recently, also. So because there was like pictures of him at the facility, so it's like, man, if we can get Chandler Jones, and if we can hold on to Daniel Hunter, if we can like restructure guys like uh, Thielen and Harrison Smith, and like if we can if we can have Chandler Jones on one side and Daniel Hunter on the other shot other side, like, so I'm and I'm I'm a Kirk Cousins fan, so like I I think he gives us the best chance to win right now of any quarterback yeah. that we could get. So that's. That's why I'm such a I'm not like oblivious to like the faults that Kirk Cousins has, but I'm very much of the opinion that I just want to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl before I die. And there are some there are some fans that think that the best way to do that is to wait a couple of years, like really build for like, you know, three years from now or something like that. My thing is like I want to win every year. Like I don't care if I don't care if we win this Super Bowl this year and we suck for 10 years. Like, because we've never won the Super Bowl. Like, to me, it's like, it's not about building a, a dynasty. It's about just winning a Super Bowl. So, like, I think they're making the moves to be good this season with the right leadership uh, in place as well. So, I, uh, I'm i on the opposite uh, end as, like, kind of what you're... Uh, dude, did you see Christian Kirk is, like, the third highest paid wide receiver in the league now, too? Jacksonville just gave him all that money. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, the cons. I don't know if they know how to run a football team. I'm going to be honest with you right now. I uh, I don't. Um, I, I feel like they were in a bad spot. They have to rebuild the culture. They have to sign people for more money than what they're worth to get them to come. Uh, but yeah, that's a that's a bad contract. That's definitely a yeah. bad contract. And I'll say this: like what Kirk Cousins did for y'all. Demarcus Lawrence did for us. Like he was, he was set to make um, twenty-seven million dollars. He did a new deal, which put him at fourteen million. And this isn't even a restructure where it all carries over to next season and dead money. Like the guy ended up taking less money. Nice to bring in Randy Gregory. Oh, right. and, and then, then Gregory still bailed on y'all. Yeah, Gregory bailed yeah. out. The good news is, though, is we do have pass rushers still available out there. There's Von Miller. There's um, there's a uh, Chandler Jones. There is a Darius Smith. There's Clowney. Like there's other people out there. So I'm not panicking or anything. I just think it's going to be a weird test for the Cowboys because they believe in paying their own. That's what they always do. They don't like paying outside. If they do pay outside, they'll pay small small dollar uh, free agents, but they won't pay big money to outside players. Um, but now you know that you were willing to spend $14 million a year on a pass rusher and you need a pass rusher. So why not do that? So we'll see what happens. I know for a fact, Von Miller has always wanted to be a Cowboy. Uh, he played for Texas A&M. I remember him in the draft. He was hoping the Cowboys would draft him. And that's when we were like at 10. And I think he got drafted at two. And I was just like, dude, it's not going to happen. We're not going to draft you. But he was like really hoping that he would get drafted by the Cowboys. So I know for a fact he wants to be a Cowboy. It's just the fact that we're going to pay him what he wants. And so I, I don't know what will happen. Also, I really like the idea of putting Bobby Wagner with Micah Parsons. I think that would be a huge mentor for him. So I like that idea. Um, 
And we also just, we really believe in drafting, but man, I mean, we got $24 million in cap space right now. So we have money. We can do whatever we want. It just depends on what we're going to do. Yeah. Dude, the cap is so like, it just doesn't make any sense, but like, I, I get it and I, I get it, but it's so weird. Like, like Kirk Cousins, for instance, he's going to make more money than he was going to before he restructured. But it's because it comes in the form of like different signing bonuses and stuff yeah. that like doesn't have to do with the cap. So like somehow it's coming out of like the Wolf's bank, uh, the Wolf Brothers bankroll. But like it isn't, it doesn't affect the salary cap of the team. Which like once again, I under I understand, but it's just it's all like the the whole cap idea is kind of bullshit when you really think about the it. The thing the thing with the cap though is, is it takes two to tango. If you don't have another person that agrees to do things, then you can't make it work. So it really takes two people to come to an agreement. Otherwise, it is a total disaster, and you can be like the Saints at $76 million in dead money. Now, they've completely restructured contracts, done things to get under that, but they're still in terrible shape. Now, all of a sudden, your $12 million running back is going to be making $18 million the next year. Your pass rusher of $22 million will be making $33 million next year. Like It, it rolls over. For example, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers um, is going to be at like 49 million, or he's at 24 million this year, but next year he's like at like 49, 50 million dollars because it he got a signing bonus, he gets all the money up front, but they have to roll those into future years. They're just kicking so you're also, down the road and just that's the it. problem just for later. Yeah. That's the it. problem doesn't and, go away. Yeah. But like if you're Mike McCarthy or somebody that if you if you were on a team that does that, you've got to be worried because your job isn't secure. Right. And so it's like, yeah, that's great and all, but like what are we doing about next year? You know, the future, like you, you it's just a focus of this year, but it, you just don't know, man. Like, yeah. and the thing that I hate though about big money contracts, it doesn't allow you to have depth. And depth is so important when guys go down and you bring in like a complete scrub from the practice squad to like replace a Von Miller. It's it's tough. So yeah, there's just it's just it's just how are you? What is your strategy? How much are you paying your quarterback? Can you take advantage of his rookie contract? There's just so much into it. So. Yeah, and that that kicking the can down the road thing of like just creating the problem that just keeps just prolonging the inevitable. That's why Sean Payton left the Saints, like because like they're they're in that position right now where it's like they're going to have to implode the entire thing because everyone's making like the team just it's going to be pretty much impossible for that team to be good next season with what all, yep. all the moves they need to make. So he's like, I'm just going to get out now and then take a year off. And then, and I hate that guy, by the way, because he put a bounty up on yep. Brett Favre. And I'll never forget that. That was even, he even got suspended for a season. Like it was proven that, that everything he did should not have happened in that game. But how like, about, how about though, the, that you got revenge in the Minnesota miracle though? I mean, that was sick. That was that's, sick. That's that was the best there. moment of my lifetime. The best, the yeah. best sport moment of my lifetime. I, I guess technically, like the Twins winning the World Series is, but like I was too young to like understand that because I was like literally, I mean, I was born in '88 and I think they won it in like '87 or '88, and then again in like '91. So I was just too young yeah. to like really be there for it. Um, but obviously, I'm a, I'm like a way bigger Vikings fan currently than I ever was a fan of like any other team. Like I've ultra invested in the Vikings. But anyways, let's talk about. Let's talk about Scott Hall because I know we're already getting super yeah. chats about it. If y'all want your voices heard, you want your uh, your memories shared on on stream tonight, 
Um, any super chat that you send through YouTube, any donation you send through the link uh, in the description below, um, we will make sure to put it up on the screen. We'll read it out. If you have any questions, we'll answer your questions. Uh, and please hit the uh, the thumbs up button, the like button uh, here on YouTube and anywhere you're watching. And also hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. We uh, we appreciate that. But uh, yeah, yeah sure, I know really, really want to talk about Scott Hall. I can already yeah. see a lot of it in the chat. So, um, Do you want to go with your first statements on him or do you want to go with super chats or how do you want to do this? I'll, I'll just give a couple thoughts on him and then like, because this will probably take up the majority of the episode, honestly, because yeah, he had I, such I an agree. important career. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and just like, I won't go for minutes and minutes about everything. I, I will, we'll get to a lot of this stuff, I'm sure. But, um, my initial thoughts, I guess would be, um, I've tweeted this and I honestly believe it. I think he was the coolest pro wrestler of all time. Like it, just like yeah. the straight up, just cool factor. Like there's a lot of wrestlers I've liked throughout my life, you know, um, guys like Randy Savage that I thought were cool. And I thought Sting was cool. And, you know, I thought Shawn Michaels was cool, but like nobody, was as cool as Scott Hall. Like he didn't even have to be good at wrestling. And I would have been entertained by just seeing him on my TV because like he was just the charisma and just the look and just, um, and as a WCW fan, a lot of people know that, that, that watch this, that I got into wrestling. I was born in 88. I got into wrestling in probably like 1994 or so, like to where I can like really remember like watching and seeing Hulk Hogan and the booty man and, uh, and Kevin Sullivan and the faces of fear and like all these guys, because I started watching as a WCW fan. So I was a couple yeah. years in and probably around eight or so years old when, uh, when the NWO happened. And I remember having really, really early internet access. Um, like I remember seeing Scott Hall show up, but I didn't know of Razor Ramon because I only had watched WCW up to that point in my life. So, but I was immediately interested in the NWO stuff. And you'll have a different perspective on this that I'm sure you'll talk about because you you were a little older than I am. So you saw yeah. him in WWF before WCW. But I remember yeah. I remember having like dial-up internet um, in 1996. And like it took forever to, you know, refresh the screen. You'd be sitting there for minutes like on websites and you would just be guessing website URLs. There wasn't like Google and stuff. So you just like, I'd type in like wrestling.com or, you know, WCW.com or whatever, try to find anything I could. And I remember there was a website um, that was doing results for WCW Bash of the Beach, 1996. And I remember reading about Hulk Hogan turning on Randy Savage and Lex Luger, or sorry, uh, Randy Savage, Lex Luger and Sting, all of them, like, and... And that, and anyway, like I remember these things so well. And Scott Hall was like such a big part of that. And he was the first member of the NWO. You know, he was the first one to appear in WCW. And, um, and then of course we'll talk, you know, about his matches and stuff. But, you know, when you go back and you watch, you know, his, his run in the WWE, it was so good and like so short, like in comparison, like, cause you, when you're younger, you feel like it's so much longer, but like it was really totally. a short run. Um, but yeah. he, he fits so much memorable stuff in that. And then, uh, unfortunately, he had his demons, and that was a big part of his life, But um, which we'll get to as well, I'm sure, throughout the show. But, like, uh, as far as a performer, I don't think there was anyone cooler than Scott Hall. My my entire life up to this day, when I go to a restaurant, if they got toothpicks at the, you know, at the thing on the way out, I always get two. I got to put one in my ear, one in my mouth. I mean, that's, you know, that's... Dude, I would, I would go into work, right? And I would just be like... 
like walking into work <laughs> and people are like what the hell are you doing and yeah. i'm just like it's a cocky entrance isn't it huh and they're like yeah it's obnoxious i'm like there you go i, I got it from scott hall like yeah um and yeah like nobody gave a crap about a toothpick but once scott hall started doing it i mean it was just like you know yeah um yeah i also remember so for, him losing his accent by the way just for what it's worth i remember yeah. like hearing him changing his voice when i was younger and being really confused by it but well and especially like if you saw the so this is the thing is he's one of the guys that like i really like vividly like remember the first like promo before their debuts like, I remember the Razor Ramon video packages and being like, oh, who's this guy? You know what I mean? Because I didn't watch WCW at all, so I had no idea who he was from there. And uh, it was just very, like, over-the-top, you know, Chico, all this stuff. And um, like you said, he stole it from Scarface. And I just um, remember did you know, that. Did you know of Scarface? before that or did you no. know him first okay no yeah. so i mean i give him credit yeah. for all of it right like, right i'm like yeah. this is the coolest thing you know well that's um, like me like you know when i thought like uh like uh ddp's theme song like i thought nirvana had ripped off ddp because i had heard <laughs> that you know what i mean first you know what i mean yeah okay. yeah. yeah that's funny but no <laughs> so like i remember that and i remember i really remember the one two three kid upset like i remember watching it live on raw i thought one two three kid absolutely no prayer and like that was such a big deal it was such a quick match but it was such a big deal and uh and, and like what's crazy is is as a kid you're not a smart mark right you don't understand what's going on in the real stories and all this stuff so when you find out like all the stuff where you're like Oh, like Hall and one, two, three kid are actually like friends. Like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. Or they're part of a clique. Like, you find out all this stuff later on. You're like, oh, okay. Um, and I remember liking Razor Ramon. I mean, like, just as a superstar, you know, Shawn Michaels feud, all that stuff. And then, like, he was like always that like mid tier, mid card main event type guy, right? Like, probably never look at him as a champion, but like if he did win it, it wouldn't be outrageous either. Like he was somewhat propped up for that. Um, definitely intercontinental title is a big, big part of his legacy. But um, I remember finding out that he had left for WCW because I was a WWE person, right? Or WWF. And then when I found out he left for WCW, it was like, oh, okay. So I guess I need to start tuning into this. And then it was like, Diesel was a bigger deal because he was a former champion and like, you know, main event at WrestleMania. So when you put those two together, it was like, whoa, you know what I mean? And then you add Hogan on top of that. They formed the greatest faction of all time, in my opinion. The NWO was the greatest faction of all time. People have just wanted to constantly duplicate it. It will never be done. It's just, it was just such a smart idea. And I, I really don't think people understand, like most WWE fans hated WCW. They thought it was like what the way that they portrayed it, right? You know, um, Redneckville, right? So they just thought it was second rate wrestling. So then you had 
three huge WWE names going in to destroy WCW wrestling. You know what I mean? So it was like you got involved in that storyline. And then on top of that, they made it seem real. You know, they showed backstage when they never did before. They interrupted uh, the announce table. You know, they, they did things that you had never seen before. Scott Hall was a big part of that. Like, he he was uh, – and he had, like, good size to him. And it was like he was so cool and intimidating, but also, like, would totally bump and make a fool out of himself as well. Like, he was just a real – and I'll say this, too. I think he's one of the best punchers ever in the business. He had yeah, yeah. such a good punch. It looked very believable. He was a great seller. He really knew how to sell. For a big guy, really athletic. Like Scott Hall was like everything that you would want Kevin Nash to be when it comes to actual like in-ring work and quality in the ring. And, and But I think that's what kind of made them work, right? It's like what he was good at, Kevin wasn't. But then Kevin was good at different things. You know what I mean? Because... Yes, Scott was tall, and he was buff and in really good shape, but he didn't have that intimidation factor to me like Kevin did. Like, even when Kevin showed up at Nitro, it was like, oh, wow. You know what I mean? Like, th this thing just got taken to a different level. This is now serious business. So, um, yeah, the, those those are the big things that stand out to me. Is like, and another thing too is, I mean, I, I was I was like, how do you go from Razor Ramon to Scott Hall? Like, I thought he he was like, you know, possibly like Puerto Rican or whatever, you know, the the guy that he was basically um, or Cuban, the guy that he was basically like displaying as that character, and then it's like Scott. Like, it just, just seems so odd to have that was his real name. And then they were like, well, you, they got to go by the real name because they don't own the rights. And that's when, honestly, that's another thing, too. That's when a lot of people started to become smart marks because it was like, oh, so they can't be this person at this company. Oh, they have to change their name. Oh, they have to do certain things. So it was like it, it started to click. And then not only that, speaking of the click, they were starting to use smart mark terms and they were starting to open up things in the business. So it was just a lot of things that we were seeing that they really like, I mean, he really was a trailblazer. He changed the business forever, forever. You know, one of the first guys to get guaranteed money. That's, yeah. Complete game changer. The guaranteed, you money. know, one of the, and, and, and honestly, they were really, I mean, I think Hogan definitely was part of this too, but like they were a group that was really about business. It wasn't necessarily just about like, you know, going out there and having match of the night or like how much, how much money did the house draw? Like what kind of, what kind of deal am I getting on this? What kind of pay-per-view buy did we get? Why can't we get a cut of that? Like they were, they were really like going in and, 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 Especially, too, because Vince isn't necessarily so open to these ideas. But when you had a guy like Eric, who wasn't so, like, dead set on this is how it has to be, they were able to push the envelope and really help the future generation get paid 
And, and I don't think they get enough credit for that. Yes, they might have de-pushed a lot of guys. They might have been in a lot of ways. They might have played a big political game that kept a lot of people down. But they definitely changed the business forever for the future in, in a lot of good ways. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think they just, they mainly just kind of looked out for themselves. And I think if they saw that you could draw money with them, like they were like, you know, they would go to bat for you. And they just had so yeah. much influence because of everything you just said. Like, especially that, you know, especially with Shawn Michaels, like he had that direct line to Vince where like Vince just trusted him more than just anybody probably ever in wrestling. Like the stories you hear about the things that Shawn Michaels apparently has said to Vincent Mann's face that people like have been fired for doing way less and Shawn just can get away with it. Him and Vince just have this, this bond that's just different. And Kevin and Scott and, and Sean Waltman and these guys being a part of that, like they had, they had strong influence and they were, some of the top stars in the entire business. I mean, Sean was the, the top guy in the WWF when like these guys started bailing. And that's when, that's why, you know, you hear all these stories about triple H, you know, getting the, all the punishment for the, the curtain call when Kevin and Scott left because Sean was just too big of a, he was just too important to the business of the WWF that like Hunter just got all the blame. And, you know, it, but but that said, I mean, they were the guys really running the business for a while. Like you had Scott Hall, Kevin Nash over on WCW, Sean Waltman going back and forth. And then you had Hunter and Triple H, or sorry, Triple H and uh, Shawn Michaels on on WWF. And that was like some of the top acts in both companies simultaneously. Like there's, there's no DX if NWO never happened. No way. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, I agree. I, and I, and I'm, and I'm with you too. I think that NWO is the best group in the history, the best faction stable, whatever you want, whatever you want to call it, in the history of professional wrestling. Um, it was the most popular wrestling faction when wrestling was the most popular it's ever been. And and it's it's just it's everything that that you said, everything that we've been saying. It's you know a combo of all of it. And Scott Hall was was a just a humongous factor in that, and he's a guy that like if anyone wants to have you know the knock on him that he didn't win the world championship, you know, in any major company that I would chalk up to his personal demons. I, yeah. I fully believe that if he didn't have those issues that they would have for sure, he would have for sure been the world champion in one of these companies, whether it be WWF, WCW, or um, the WWF one's a little different, right? Cause he like, he left before he really hit his prime to go to WCW. But then when he came back, they were given big opportunities as, as the NWO and he was, in and out so quick because of like the his own problems and playing wide from hell and all that stuff that like but they put him in a spot with austin like for all you know and you know the the story that i've heard a lot of people tell is that scott hall was originally supposed to win that match so like you know like scott hall like really like he could have been maybe been the world champion of the WWE at some point if he had, if he had stuck around so like and then in TNA, like if he would have been able to just like be consistent there, like he would, they would have put the world title on him there. I mean, like just somewhere would have done it for sure. Um, but you know, he he always had the talent. Even ECW, like it was cool as hell. Like when he when he came out to uh, yeah the Fiji's Fuji's yeah um Fuji's Fuji's yeah I, I got the mess up with the Fiji's or the yeah the it's all good somehow. But uh but uh yeah that uh like that entrance is awesome. In WCW yeah. or in an ECW, and uh, 
Like he was just over everywhere he went. He got a reaction to impact when he'd show up in TNA, he'd get huge pops from the audience. Like, I mean, he was over everywhere. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he deserves a lot of credit for a, a lot. And, and it's actually, it's really nice. Also it's refreshing that, you know, the last few days, so many people are saying so much nice stuff about him for a guy yeah. who got trashed so much that like, and I think this happens with a lot of stuff where people are kind of like harsh on someone. And then they realize like, like they're dying they're not going to be around anymore and stuff. And then they're like, uh, maybe I was a little too hard on that guy for this or that. Cause like he did all these great things and like he had a dark period of his life, but we could have, we could have easily been talking about him dying 10 years ago. You know what I mean? I mean, and, and, and just the fact that he made it this long with the, the demons that he battled is actually a pretty big win uh, in like the grand scheme of things. So, um, yeah, I mean, like he was one of those two where he was one of the first guys that I ever like realized was currently in the business and had a problem. Like they, the, now this is WCW's WCW's fault when they actually used it in storyline yeah. and then you found out that it was real. Not real that what happened, but like this is the type of stuff that you go through with Scott Hall. But I will say this, the very first wrestling show I ever went to was a WCW house show in Topeka, Kansas at the Expo Center and he no-showed. He was on the card. He was supposed to be advertised to I think he was even in the main event and he uh they they made the announcement at the beginning of the show that Scott Hall would not be there tonight. And I had no idea about any of that. I just thought, okay, you know, he lost his luggage at the airport, whatever. Like, you know. And then when like you find out more and more, you're like, Yeah, so he probably was like hammered and wasn't able to actually go out there, you know. Um and then let let's be honest, like DDP helped prolong his life because without him he was done you know if you go and watch that like documentary footage and he's calling him and he's like dally i'm dying i'm dying dally yeah like it was over um and remember that video that surfaced of him at that like indie show where oh, he's like stumbling so to the ring it was yeah it was terrible so bad but like the good thing the the somewhat good news of this is the fact that like we we did get to see like somewhat of a positive ending for his life that could have like, imagine that's the indie show. And then he's found dead at a hotel because that's the type of stuff that happens a lot in this business. Yeah. And like he got to be put in the hall of fame twice, once with the NWO, once with the click. And he um, got to do that appearance on Monday night raw. And he did the whole NWO reunion tour. Yes. You know, like we did that thing at WrestleMania where like he took the backdrop like during the Sting and Triple H match. I was like, right. damn, dude, he took a backdrop. 31, like, let's go. Yeah. You know, um, luckily for me, I got to meet him. I got to meet him at Starcast the Double or Nothing weekend. And I, he was super nice. Like uh, Eric Bischoff, no, not nice. And I know you've had a story with him, too, but it was <laughs> yes. like caught off guard. But he just he looked like he could care less about it, really. Um, what was cool though is they were all lined up and you all got to like two sweet each one of them. So I can say that I have two sweeted Scott Hall. So I'm pretty happy with that. Um, but he was just, he really looked like he wanted to be there. 
really enjoyed it, really enjoyed being with the fans. And then when we were in the autograph line and I got to present him the picture that I had, it was like a little edited picture in WO with Paul Nash and X-Pac. And I had each of them sign it. He was like, oh, man, this is really cool. I want to keep this. Can I have it? And I was like, you know, I kind of need it for myself. He's like, oh, man, all right. And then he signed it. And he's like, you sure? Like, I can't have it. I'm like, I would like. He's like, all right. It's cool. Like, but he was just super nice, you know? And, like, I I uh, was talking to Bischoff, and he's just signing the, the, the autograph. And I was just telling him, you know, like, I love 83 weeks. And, and he's just like acting like he can barely hear me and whatever. And then he looks up and he's like, I love doing it. Okay. Thank you. You know, and then on to the next and like X-Pac was super nice too. He was nice, but there was like a glow with Scott, like Scott really enjoyed it. And then my friend did the, the star cast uh, where you, because this was supposed to happen, which would have been freaking crazy. But they had booked Shawn Michaels and Scott Hall to both be on a ladder with an Intercontinental title. And then you were able to get your photo taken with them. And they pulled Shawn Michaels because of the Double or Nothing event. And uh, But anyways, Scott Hall, you know, he's been through a lot. He could easily just want to stand by the ladder and say, like, whatever, I don't want he climbed that ladder for a line that was wrapped around the building for every single person and held the intercontinental title with them. Like he definitely, um, for all the bad that's been said about him, like I met him when he was at a good stage of his life and he was super nice and super friendly. So that part was really cool for me because it's like you hear about his reputation and, and this is the thing too is like, if you're a fan of like your Jericho's, your Eddie Guerrero's, when the younger generation of WCW, you kind of view those guys as like the enemy in a sense because they would never let them get over or they wouldn't allow them to be the stars that they should have been. And, but like, you also understand the business side of it and, and what WCW and Eric Bischoff's vision was. So it's like, you can't blame them, but it's just, there's almost like a resentment. And then it's like, they brag about not giving great matches. They brag about not taking bumps. They're, it, it's like, they're too cool for that almost. And so it can rub you the wrong way when you really care about work ethic and ring quality and all that stuff. So, <clears throat> but, but like I said, it was, it was cool to meet him because it's like, it just gives you that idea that, you know, they weren't as bad as you thought they were. They still are fan friendly. And like I said, you could see the glow in his eyes that he really wanted to be there. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, I mean, it's, it's interesting with Hall, like who he, or really all those guys, it was, it was all just about like, if they liked you or not, like it was like being, it was like two completely different people because you had all those guys like you were just talking about the uh, the quote unquote vanilla midgets. That's like the how mm-hmm. guys like Scott Hall would refer to the guys you just talked about, like Guerrero and Malenko and Jericho and all those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like he put over Waltman like before they were like super tight because like he liked him and he thought he was good. Like he he yep. he went to bat for Jeff Hardy when Jeff Hardy was a teenager doing like jobber matches in wwf like before matt was even there and stuff like and and he had those matches with scott hall and scott's talked about how 
hard he went to bat backstage to like be like, no, let's let's just let's have this kid win. Like if he beats me, like imagine like what this would do for this guy, like you know, and like you know, I don't really need it, but like he needs it, and like so it's wild because on I, it, on one hand, and granted, like those those instances were WWF, so it also might have you might have had a different perspective then when you got to WCW, it's like yo, I'm getting like this much money to be a top guy. Like, I don't want this to end. So like, and I got to barely do anything. So as long as right. I just keep looking good, like yep. they're going to keep giving me all this money. So maybe his, maybe his philosophy and mindset changed over time. Um, but it's, it's just worth bringing up. Like he did do good for, you know, I mean, especially Waltman. Like, I mean, that's, yeah. you know, he, he made his career um, with, with having him that big upset where he hit him with that moonsault and everything yep. like, um so um and the, and the thing was too is like i don't i don't know if you saw uh xbox tweet but he said that like after sean his like xbox has broke his neck then um scott hall always wore his shirt yeah just to show support and then he also told the guys to make sure we're putting over xbox when we're going out there so i i feel like especially the click, right? Like they might've been jerks to a lot of people outside the click, but the click itself, man, they really took care of each other. They watched each other's back and, and they made themselves, you know, powerful. And, and, and what's crazy too, is like the click is something that the WWE never really ran with. Like it was just something that was a backstage thing but it's become just as legendary as DX, the NWO and all that. And to like be a part of the click and also to be a part of the NWO, it's just such a, a, a staple of his legacy. Like it's, it's, it's pretty wild. And then I keep going back because how many wrestlers are there? That's literally like, I'm, I'm going to be 39 in June. I mean, the guy's been around pretty much my whole entire life and been involved in like all companies you know like even just the little you know thing he had in ecw tna like a lot of people don't talk about his tna stuff but he helped i mean the first uh pay-per-view of tna uh going to actual no more weekly pay-per-view and the actual big pay-per-view victory road i mean he's in the main event you know what i mean like um he just had, and, and then even going into the NWO one last time, I mean, he started it, right? He's the first one that came out. Hey, yo. And I loved it too, because he couldn't help but smile. Like it broke him, you know, like, you know, and then uh, I, I just think that it's just unfortunate because he's also a guy that really showed the sides of like true alcoholism, like true addiction, because it's like no matter how many times you thought he beat it, no matter how many times he went to rehab. I mean, I think he said he went to rehab 12 times before he met Diamond Dallas Page, and he still ended up relapsing after that. Like some people are not going to be able to beat this thing. And uh, he did a lot of damage to his body. And I don't know all what happened. I mean, from what I heard, it sounded like he broke his hip two days ago. And so he had to have like emergency hip surgery. And then he ended up with like three – heart attacks and you know not to sound insensitive or anything like that but like when they said that you know they were taking him off life support i didn't think he was gonna make it i mean my with my dad for example we took my dad off life support 
you still live for like probably another good eight to 10 hours, but eventually, you know, it's over. So I can understand where X-Pac was coming from, where he's like, you know, it's pretty hard when I'm seeing all these rest in peace with my friends still alive. And I know that there's definitely like hope still in their hearts, right? So, I mean, I'm not upset or I don't blame them, but it was just like a realization that morning when Kevin Nash tweeted that out that we were going to lose Scott Hall. Yeah, it was it was crazy because like, I think I was the first person in like any form of wrestling media to like, tweet about kevin nash's instagram post because i I just happened to be on there like when it it like just updated and i saw it and i was like when like and i i was like this is a goodbye message i mean this is like this is terrible so like i screenshotted the thing and i put it up on twitter and i went to sleep and it was probably like it was like three or four in the morning i was up like really really early or late however you look at it and um, and I put RIP in my tweet as well. And I wound up putting a comment under it, under it, apologizing after I saw Waltman. And the reason I apologized was because I, I like, I'm the same way. I mean, I've lost people, my, my mom and my grandma and my grandpa and stuff like all in the hospital. And like, you know, I, I, I understand like when it's over, it's over. Like it's a terrible feeling, but it's like, a, it's something you have to accept eventually. And it's just, it's, it sucks. But I understand where Waltman's coming from because when I started thinking about it, and this is why I apologized for it was because I'm just thinking like, man, if I was sitting there and like my mom was on life support and I was looking on the internet and everyone's talking about her, like she's dead already, but I still have like this hope, like maybe she'll pull through. Like I, so I can understand why that would be something that would upset him. So like I, so I did, I did feel bad about that. Um, And I didn't want to mislead anybody with my tweet either because um, I was framing it like he was dead and I, and he, he wasn't at the time that I, that I said, right. That. Um, well, then but, it was awkward too going into raw because they hadn't made an announcement and then raw makes an announcement and you're like, Oh, they're jumping the gun. Like, this is probably kind of bad. And then it was like, boom, 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 boom. And it's like, Oh, okay. He's actually gone. Yeah. So yeah, was... I still waited for Xbox confirmation because I didn't want to jump the gun after what he said. And then when he's like, you know, he's gone. I was like, Oh, okay. There you yeah, go. There's no way WWE. I mean, as much flack as we give the WWE, there's no way they would have run that if they weren't sure. Like the only time they've ever, ever made a mistake, even remotely like that is the Benoit tribute show on, on raw. But that was like, no, but nobody knew what Benoit had done, but when they written that, you know what I mean? Like, and then they of yeah. course, like wiped it, uh, wiped it from there afterwards. I hope my connection's all right. I don't know why I've, I've been, uh, I don't know what's going on with StreamYard. The last few times I've used that, I've been getting like the little like Wi-Fi symbol on the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you getting that just then or no? No, no, no. but I've had it yeah. before. It's, had, yeah. it's happened. As long yeah. as you guys are good, just let us know if you can't hear yeah. Steven or anything anymore. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, it's it's just unfortunate. I watched the, um, the WWE photos where they go through and they look through the photos and they have one of Scott Hall. Because right now on the network on Peacock, they have a Scott Hall like tribute thing that you can click on and pretty easy access to his documentaries and some of his famous matches and stuff. So I recommend that if you guys want to reminisce. And it's kind of weird too, right? Because, you know, it's like True Slayer was saying the nerd, the nerddom or whatever has gotten so strong with wrestling that it's become like this lore. Because the longer you're in this thing, the more you know. And, and it's like, 
like this is our funeral time, right? Like this is our grieving process. You go back, like for at least for me, when a guy dies or anything like that, like I go back, I look at some of his stuff, I watch some stuff, I relive his career. I, you know, and we're all mourning on the timeline. Like we're all sharing stories, pictures, by the way, how many pictures does Scott Hall take with fans? I mean, it's everywhere, you know, like super cool um, to have that type of legacy. I'm glad I have a picture sign of Scott Hall. And then I have a Razor Ramon picture sign with the Razor Ramon signature. So um, definitely holding on to those. And man, Scott Hall figures went up through the roof. Oh yeah. Bucks on eBay. I know I, uh, I tweeted, I got to get my headphones off to grab this. Oh, it's all good. But I, yeah, this is, this is one of my favorite things that I own in my entire collection. And I've showed it before, but this is like a perfect time to show it again if no one's seen it. But yeah, it's awesome. Got that smash and slam. This is my favorite. I mean, my favorite toy line is like the AEW Jazz Wears. I collect the hell out of that. But as a kid, these were my favorite because I was into wrestling too late for like WWF Hasbro's. And like, I, I was kind of, I, I was into like the Bendums. I was like the best I had. And then, so like WCW Smash and Slams were like, these were my favorite wrestling figures. I have the Kevin Nash too, but I don't know how, I don't have it like signed or mint in box, but I have the Kevin Nash that went along with this. I always thought it was really cool because like he came with a Sting mask because he was feuding with Sting at the time. Um, but uh, but yeah, so this was already one of my favorite things that I owned in my collection, but now uh, it means even more uh, to have it. So um, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Uh, it, yeah, it's um, it's it's tough too because I've always eyed that sixteen by twenty NWO of Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Hogan signed, and it's usually like around three hundred bucks, and I just don't want to pull the trigger. But now that he's gone, I was like, man, things have skyrocketed. But I still saw him for like three three thirty, three fifty. I'm like, oh man, I might want to pull the trigger on that because. Dude, once once Hogan goes, I mean, this the value of those things are going to just be to the point to where you can't even buy it. So if if it's something, because like I said, it's the greatest faction of all time, in my opinion. And if what? you want something like that, then you got to pull the trigger. Yeah, and that also, I it just hit me while we were talking too about like I don't know if it'll even be like people will always rock NWO shirts and stuff like because of like the, the culture, you know, of like, yeah. just it was such a big thing, but I don't know if they can really, like, I don't know if I want to see like just Nash and Hogan or just Nash. and yeah. Nash Hall. Like, like I, like, I feel like, like Scott Hall, like without Scott Hall, like, I feel like you just can't be out there. Like there is, there isn't an NWO without Scott Hall. Like it's like, it's weird as that is. Like, I know mean, you can wear it to, to, as a tribute and stuff, of course, but it's just, it's just really sad to think that we'll never see like Hall, Nash, and Hogan standing together again. Like that was, that's like so much of my childhood, which is just yep. that's rough. That's, that's part of it. Part of it's sad to me, but I'm also just thankful that they did get to run it back, that they did get inducted yeah, into the Hall of Fame, that sure. they did. You know, I think they had no fans during that Hall of Fame for the NWO. I'm not for sure, but that that really sucks. But like that they, they did, did for him that, when he was yeah when he got right, right. alone yeah right. But I just um, like like that part of me is, is is grateful, and I think that's what we really have to look at because I mean he was not going to make it. He really added years to his life 
by the commitment with DDP and all that stuff. So I definitely think that that, that is important to look at. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, like it's making me really think about WrestleCon and like probably should take advantage of the situation because we just don't know when these guys' times are up. And uh, they really, especially back in the day, like they did, they partied like rock stars. They lived the life of rock stars, but they put a physical beating on their bodies on top of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, uh, it, it's stuff. You know, it's crazy too is when they, when I was watching the photo thing, right. And, and, and a lot of it is from the old guys, like Hall will see a picture and he won't even tell you necessarily if it's SummerSlam or Survivor Series, but he'll tell you the location it was at and the date and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Like they really pick up on that type of stuff. Like the fans, like if they went up and like, oh my gosh, I love your match from SummerSlam 94. And they would be like, oh, okay, cool. But if you said like, I remember you and Sean at the Nassau or whatever, and they'd be like, oh yeah, for sure. Like it's weird how they remember things. Yeah. Yeah. That's really true. It's wild. Cause like you listen to like Ric Flair and stuff. Um, like, uh, you know, you could probably ask him what he did, what he did, you know, two weeks ago and he won't know, but he can tell you like the city and date yep. and opponent and how long they went in the ring. And like, I mean, so, um, so yeah, also, um, that's, well, two things. One, I don't really want to answer on this yet. This is a rhetorical thing, but I'm yeah. just going to throw it out there. You should just, because we, I want to get the super chats. That's the reason I'm going to keep the, but just sell your WrestleMania tickets, dude. And just, just go, <laughs> just go to this stuff, go to this stuff, go to sleep throughout the day and go to spring break. Like yeah. have fun. WrestleMania card is garbage, dude. Oh like, my God. It's so, so bad. So let's, let's so get the super chats and then we'll, we'll probably deep dive into some more of this in uh by the way jay hebert always appreciate you bro he's just sent me a uh he just sent me something so i can update the brit baker uh for next week she has the uh the current uh title belt i i, I subbed in scorpio sky while you were talking as that. well I, um, I noticed yeah i couldn't i couldn't i didn't have time to like rotate him and stuff i literally just threw him on there as fast as i could when i realized he was still there but uh thank you uh Thank you, Jay Hebert. I will I will use that image you sent me uh, next week on the show for well, actually, it might be Thunder Rosa. So if there's a way you can do that for Thunder Rosa as well, just in case, I would really appreciate that because she might be the champion by the time we do this show uh, next week. Um, yep. So, um, and guys, right now we got 38 people in here, so please smash that like button if you can. If you guys just want to, you know, show respect to Scott Hall, smash the like buttons. Cause this way people will, more people will see what we have to say about Scott Hall. So I'd really appreciate it tonight. If you guys hit that like button um, and uh, share this out, if you guys want to share more thoughts, uh, please send the super chats and uh, we'll make sure to read them out for you. And uh, thanks for supporting the channel as always. So Chris Warden's, Appreciate the super chat as always, bud. Um, evening, guys. Here's my top three Scott Hall matches. Bret Hart at Royal Rumble 93. HBK at SummerSlam 95. HBK at WrestleMania 10. RIP. Um, yeah, and the funny thing is none of those are WCW matches. But yet you would think his most memorable stuff overall in wrestling is in WO and WCW. But... I, I really feel like people don't understand that didn't grow up in that era 
that wrestling was so secondary. It just it was about the story of who was going to win and like how they were gonna do it. And like I I we purchased pay-per-views to see the conclusion of a story, yes. what was going to happen. It was not about oh my god, Rey Mysterio and Dean Malenko are on the card. Now, it was like always an added bonus that you're just like, wow, that was incredible. Wow, that's amazing. But like, if you ask me, am I going to, do I rather, would I rather want to see, you know, Hogan versus Macho Man than Dean Malenko and Rey Mysterio? Absolutely. But as I got wiser, um, the performance mattered more to me. But I, I mean, even still, I can go back and watch those like, WCW matches and still find enjoyment for what they were crowd reaction, the way that they were able to work the crowd, the way that the commentary is telling the story. Um, And I know a lot of people want to go back to that type of wrestling. And I, I just don't think we can ever go back to that. I feel like we've evolved too much to go back to that. Um, I think in certain circumstances it could work. But I don't feel like the majority of your roster can be that because the evolution of wrestling in the ring has really like taken it to another level. Yeah, and all the social media and access to the wrestlers are just not as larger than life as like totally. You know, the, we were we were watching real life superheroes doing like doing comic book fights in real life. I mean, that's you know. And it was all secretive stuff. Right. You know? Exactly. And, like, could you imagine Scott Hall on Instagram? Like, right. bang her, and there's going to be, oh, like, yeah, I don't... three girls on a bus, you know? Right. I'm not like, doing all that. But, uh, yeah. But I'm um, just saying, like, yeah. there's there's legendary stories, and the fact that if any of that – but I feel, feel like that's a lot of the 90s, the 90s Cowboys. The 90s oh, yeah. Cowboys had a place called the White House – where you had to sign uh, uh, an agreement that you wouldn't say anything, and there was all sorts of terrible things that oh, happened. I'm sure. In place. I'm sure this this would apply to like pretty much anything pre pre social media when it comes to celebrities and stuff. For sure. But, Agreed. But as far as his matches, I'll say um, Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon. Shawn Michaels WrestleMania 10. Like that's I mean obviously that's going to be up there always. But like as as far as me being a WCW fan growing up, um, I know I mentioned, I, but I it's such an important match that Scott Hall, Kevin Nash versus Sting, Luger, and Savage at, at Bash of the Beach '96, which you know is what when Hogan came out and the NWO was formed. I mean that was just massive. Um, but the other stuff that I remember from Scott Hall the most, honestly, is like. I remember him being the guy that Goldberg had to beat on Nitro in Atlanta before he, yeah. before Goldberg beat Hogan that same night in the main event. Like Hall was like the test of like if you could get past Scott Hall, you got a title shot. Yeah. And um the other thing I really remember, which it just it's always stood out to me, was I remember a triple threat tag team match in WCW. And I don't I think the other teams were the Signers and Harlem Heat, but I honestly can't remember. But those were like the three main tag teams at this time was the Outsiders, uh, the Signers, and Harlem Heat. And I remember them having one of those triple threat matches where only two people are wrestling and you could tag out to anybody. Um, so you could tag out your own partner or, or, or anyone else on any team as long as there was only two people that were legal in the match. And I remember Scott Hall and Kevin Nash 
tagging themselves in and then one laying down for the other and trying to pin. So like, that's how they were trying to win the tag match was like, because it's like, well, they'd lose, but they'd also win. So like, technically they yep. would win this match if one pin yeah. the other. So I just, and I just, that always stuck out to me is just something that was so clever and so heelish for guys like that to do. So like, those are some of my favorite memories of Scott Hall, honestly, or just kind of those, those, Shirts, honestly, him as, him as a member of the Outsiders, that tag team is one of my favorite. I mean, I'm wearing the shirt right now. One of my favorite tag teams of all time. Survey says that was always another one too, yeah. you know, and yeah. <laughs> he, oh, like it was a way to crap. And, and, and like, even Meltzer pointed this out and oh, he, he got some heat for this because it's like, he really, you could tell he's not the biggest fan of Scott Hall. Like he feels for the people that liked him, but he's not the biggest fan and his whole idea was is that the NWO trashed WCW so bad that when it was done with, then WCW was left as trash. But what I think he fails to realize is, is the reason that the NWO was so over and that the reason that they did do surveys and they were one of the hottest heel teams is because – they got so many WWE fans to come over and watch right. because they hated WCW. So they were 100% behind the NWO. And, 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 that, and not only that, another thing about the NWO that shatters the mold is that you always have been told if you're getting cheered, then you're not really a heel. You don't have heel heat. But when it came down to like staying in the NWO, like – the crowd understood the NWO was the heel, but yet so over. I mean, the NWO is getting pelted with trash, but they also are getting huge pops. You know what I mean? Like, it was just such a – you're used to, like, the cowardly heel, the four horsemen types or whatever, but, like, not to the level of, like, this – over where like more than half the crowd is wearing nwo merchandise you know what i mean oh yeah to the point where they almost i mean they legitimately were trying to make nitro nwo nitro i mean like the, which, the nwo brand became bigger than the wcw brand which 100 uh, which would have been terrible in my opinion honestly because the whole point of it was the invasion like that's yeah. what and, and it makes me wonder like if they didn't expand to so many guys because like, the problem is they put so many people in the group because they were going to do a separate brand. And it makes me wonder if they really would have just stuck to maybe like six to eight guys and just focused on it being an invasion, how much different it would have been. But I think yeah. the biggest problem with the NWO in general was there were just was no plan B. Like they just wrote it till it just was worthless. And then it's like, now what, you know? Exactly. Then they kept going back to the well and, and the the different colors, the red and, the black, and black. And then they went to the silver, the silver and black. Like I pretend like oh. that never even happened. The NWO 2000. Like I Jeff tried, Jarrett, baby. Yeah. I've tried to like compartmentalize that in like to like that. It never happened. Um, but uh, what, what other super chats we got about, uh, about Scott Hall? Um, Alexander Fitzgerald, thanks for the super chat, man. I appreciate it. I love the moment in No Way Out 2002 during the NWO segment. Scott Hall says, Hey, yo, the pop was great from the crowd, it really was. And I was so excited for the NWO to come back. I don't know if you know this, but uh, I probably have told this story. But uh, I decided to skip school, like, I didn't, I didn't care, whatever. I'm, I've not, never been the biggest in my you know academic career or anything, and uh. 
I'm two years older than Bill, but Bill, I knew was going to be at school, right? I read the spoilers and found out that Vince turned around in the chair and it says NWO. I did this to somebody I knew too. And I lost my mind. I was so excited. I stayed up all night just to meet Bill at the bus stop and let him know that the NWO is coming back. And then I went back into my house, skipped school, and I went to sleep. Like, that's that's what I did. I, I, I did the same thing kind of where I, I had read the spoilers and I went to school the next day and I was talking about, like, how I basically, like, completely ruined it for, like, some other kids that were wrestling fans. Like, I, like, because yeah. totally, I couldn't keep my, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't, like, not, yeah, not I had to tell somebody. Bit. Yeah. Yep. Um. But I was like, wait, he's going to like spin around in his chair and it's going to like have NWO on the back. Like, but that's, it's what it says. And like that, that, this website's always been right whenever I read this stuff before it happens. And then, uh, and then it actually happened. And yeah, no, that, that's a really good call um, about the, about their return and how huge that pop was at No Way Out. That lined up so perfect. NWO, No Way Out, right into WrestleMania. Like, I mean, the timing was just perfect, but also on the flip side, just, it's all speculatory. Like you, you know, it's all just, you know, this didn't happen obviously, but like the big question mark in my, in my lifetime as a wrestling fan will always be the biggest question will always be how different is wrestling. If the NWO and, you know, Goldberg and some of those other guys, they actually invade in the original invasion. Like that was a big part of why it didn't work was because those guys just, didn't come over because they, they, I mean, and why would they, they were getting paid guaranteed money with it, whether they were not. I, I but get the it. W, the WWE could have sat on that dude. They could have just held those contracts and waited, waited it out for one year, just one year. And you would have had the most insane, crazy storyline and they jumped the gun and they try, but see, this is the thing. And this is the difference again, between like Tony Khan and Vince McMahon. Tony Khan would never do that because he would have already known that WCW is a complete shell of what it used to be. Therefore, it is not worth doing. Like, he's not the one that's bringing in modern day ROH to like invade AEW because he understands that it's not what ROH used to be. People wouldn't even be that excited about it. Imagine like your representation of WCW is like Mark Jindrak and Mike Awesome. And like, it's just, it's not Lance Storm. It's not like what you associate. Like the best thing they had was Booker T. That was WCW. But don't you remember above average Mike Sanders? Yeah. And of course, Buff Bagwell got his shot and that went really well. You know, like... It's just such a such a huge miss, but I think it's the disrespect that Vince had for WCW. Yeah. I don't think that he ever looked at WCW as like a real viable brand. I think he was shocked that they were getting beat because he thought WCW was such a terrible product. And I also think, you know, looking back on it, like I don't think he understands the impact that WCW had. Like there are people to this day that no longer watch wrestling because WCW doesn't exist. Like yep. it, it was a, it had a huge fan base and yeah. uh, it, it sucks. 
it sucks, but man, like AEW, part of AEW's legacy is some WCW in there. You know oh, what I big mean? Big time. I think there, yeah. I think there definitely are fans that didn't watch wrestling for the last like twenty years, and like yeah. WCW fans that watch AEW now. I totally yeah. believe that. Yeah. Um, and uh, there was someone else I was about to say about uh, oh man, I just lost it. I'm sure it'll come back to me, but uh, but I will say, no way out. I was so super excited for the NWO. So so like they debuted the show, started the promo, then they had a little backstage vignettes. Like it was. It was so cool. It didn't last very long, but I think that's also what kind of makes it legendary. Like you're just talking about just the buildup for WrestleMania and a little bit after. I, and actually, I come to my, you know, I was thinking I never saw Scott Hall wrestle, but I I did. I was at uh, Backlash, and it was Scott Hall and Bradshaw versus oh. the APA. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember and, him doing stuff with Bradshaw around that. And time. Scott yeah. Hall comes. Scott Hall comes down. Yeah, I do remember that. I actually did see him wrestle. So there you go. I yeah. You know, I was gonna say about uh Vince and just it. It's so like for any just for anybody who might be newer, maybe or don't or maybe don't remember it this way. Just keep this in mind. Sting never came over to WWE when WCW got purchased because he saw what was happening. Like he saw how they were like that thing was like the rock, like didn't know Booker T's name on the show or whatever. And like just they were just treating them like second class citizens. And to but when think about this, Sting wouldn't come over because of that in like 2001, 2002. He finally shows up in like 2015 or whatever, and Vince still does it to him. Like he, like Vince still made it about like beating WCW. Like like Sting had to lose to to Triple H, and Sting just didn't like he just didn't seem like seem like a big deal. And now we see him on AEW, and he's like treated like the legend that he is. I mean, it's 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 night and day. You know, Vince definitely. Uh, yeah, that the all that all the, all the WCW stuff like outside, literally outside of Booker T, like I I don't I don't think you can really say anyone was a success that like came over. Um, yeah, at that at that time, so yeah, yeah. pretty wild. But I yeah, don't know. Chronic had a banger. <laughs> yeah, they got dude. The saddest thing about that was like I'm pretty sure like they were boys with like the Undertaker and like yeah. even he was like, yo, they he suck. Lost like, it. Yeah, like, I never even look bad out there. You actually watch that match, he completely loses it during the match. Like he's cussing and pissed off, and uh, it's just terrible. So yeah. well, and speaking of Taker, think about that too. How big of like a deal the click is. We talked about how they're talked about like just like an on-screen. A stable would be like a like a DX or an NWO or a Shield or something like that. Like we talk about, like the Click and, and wrestling fans know. I mean, like hardly any like BSK doesn't get any like you know what I mean. Like in comparison, like and, and that's like the Undertaker and like a lot of uh, you know top guys and stuff or a lot of mid carders as well. But like you know there there's been a lot of like backstage factions in the history of wrestling, and none of them have the kind of clout of. Uh, with the business or with the fans, in my opinion, like the click did. So, yeah, he says Ray Mysterio, which is a good one, but they waited on. Ray. He came later. He came yeah. later. Yeah. yeah. He didn't come during the invasion. And that's a good thing. That was really smart. Cause if he yep. did, he would have got lost in the shuffle. I believe they wouldn't know how to use them. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm talking strictly well, people that came over like right when the company got purchased for the invasion angle, like, like, like we just said, Mysterio. You can tell later. they had hopes in Sean O'Hare. They had hopes in Jindrak. 
and then they just didn't work out for whatever reason. So yeah, Shane yeah, Helms, I guess, to a degree, the Hurricane, yeah, had a good yeah, run. No, I'll give him that. Yeah, definitely, definitely for what he was from WCW coming in. Yeah, he did okay. He did okay. Yeah. Look at One of the best finishers of all time. Like, Vertebreaker was a sweet move, though. The Vertebreaker ruled. The Vertebreaker was so much better than the Unprettier. Uh, you know, I always compare the moves because of the they're like the same thing, like the same setup, kind of. But uh, but yeah, yeah. What, I mean, I guess I guess to wrap it up on Scott Hall for me is just like I said, coolest wrestler of all time, crazy charisma, and really like crazy charisma for a big guy to the point to where like you you don't even necessarily view him as a big guy because he could wrestle always like i said you don't see guys sell like that at his size you don't see guys um move like that have the charisma that he did and literally like everything i mean like that the video of him getting pelted in the head with a soda and him just doing his hair because he just doesn't yeah. care like he he can get away with stuff like that you know i remember like him showing up at WCW spring break. And it was just like, he owned everything that he, he owned the camera. Like you definitely paid attention when Scott Hall was there and he was in front of like the biggest names in the business. And you still paid attention to Scott Hall. And I think that everybody wanted more out of his career. Everybody wanted more from him, but he had his demons. And I think that's also going to be part of his legacy is, is, is a guy that, didn't achieve everything he could have and still is going to be remembered as one of the greatest of all time. And because he was haunted by his demons, you know what I mean? Like if you, if even if you look at like a Jake, the snake, right? Like he had similar demons and I view Scott Hall as more impactful than Jake, the snake. And that's nothing against Jake, the snake. I just think Scott Hall had such a huge impact on the business. Yeah. And it's, it's, he, he almost pulled like a like a Benjamin Button type thing too because if you if you look at Scott Hall in like the AWA he looks like way older than he yeah. did later in his career like it's yeah. kind of wild when you see him with like the big mustache and like yep. the big Scott Hall Magnum Scott Hall and all that it's like he looks like he de-aged throughout like the nineties which yeah. is kind of just something just to bring up i think we had another super chat about hall also yeah we did i'm gonna read that and then we'll go to the other one because that has to do with um raw so okay go there uh bears bound appreciate you joining me man brandon i appreciate it um i'm a mailman i wore my nwo shirt at work today and my nwo socks and scott's honor my customers threw up the nwo signs it was great people who stopped watching who still remember scott yeah like you'll find out like how much like pop culture how much like the nwo scott hall had an impact on just that era right it's not even just people that were fans of pro wrestling like it was just that whole era because i'm telling you back in those days i lived them and you would have all like the preppy girls the preppy guys the, the popular people, people that would never be associated with pro wrestling, all like pro wrestling. And they're all like, I'm Team Wolfpack or I'm Team Hollywood. And they would have like pay-per-view parties and, you know, Nitro parties. Were DX and Nitro parties. And it, it just, it was part of pop culture. They found a way 
to become the thing, just like, honestly, like American Idol, right? Like American Idol was a huge deal at one point and then it just kind of faded away and it's still around and people enjoy it for what it is, but it's nowhere near as popular when it first started. Like that was kind of pro wrestling, like pro wrestling was everywhere. Like you could go and get a wrestling shirt at Walmart and the mall from like a generic company that wasn't even the official license. You would go and see, they would be on the cover of TV Guide, you know? Like, it was it was just mainstream as it ever had been. And they were giving away all the secrets and telling you how things were being done. And it was just, like, a fascinating thing because then it started to be like, you know, that's fake, right? And people are like, duh, they're telling you it's fake and it's <laughs> awesome. Like, oh, well, then, okay, never mind. And it's funny now that they go back to that when you're a current wrestling fan. Like, you know, it's fake, right? Like, are you serious? Like it's 2022. Yes. I know it's fake, but um, it's, uh, it was, it was just a wild time. He definitely represents that nineties era and still found ways to keep himself re relevant, even in the two thousands. So um, I don't know, lived a hell of a life. And uh, nothing but uh, appreciation for what his wrestling legacy is. And, you know, it's just unfortunate we lost another one. And, you know, sadly, we'll be doing this again because, you know, we're getting at that age where these guys are going to keep going. So rest in peace, Scott Hall. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I'm going to pull up a picture here in a second that this is just kind of uh if i can if i can pull it up let me see but uh just to your point about oh here we go i have it in a second your point about like just wrestling fans like and just how like you know people even to this day will recognize like the nwo logo and all that kind of stuff um i have a oh here we go i had on the wrong thing so i'm gonna pull this up just a second here we go i think this will pull up so this was i was literally just at a at a random minor league baseball game in nashville and i was wearing an nwo shirt and the mascot stopped me to do that <laughs> like nice. the mask the mascot was like yo 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 like you gotta we gotta get a picture and i was like i mean just from wearing an nwo shirt this is like a fairly recent picture you know what i mean like yeah it's just like that's that's I mean, that's how recognizable it is. You can just be walking around to this day wearing an NWO shirt and someone someone will recognize it and, and want to throw up a two sweet. So like Well, and it's one of those things too where like, you know, like if you have certain guys that's your sports team, right? Like you could walk around with a Chris Carter or a Randy Moss jersey or, you know, something like that, and it's like acceptable. It's never outdated, right? right? You can wear an NWO shirt for the end of time, and it's always just going to be an acceptable shirt. You can wear an NWO shirt at GCW, and yep. it would be like, yep, that's fine. AEW, nope, no problem. Like, it's just one of those, like, forever in wrestling lore, it's untouchable. It really is. Like, it changed the wrestling business forever, and it has such a huge legacy, and it really, like... Like it was, what's funny is, is like some of the things that Hall and Nash were doing of like killing the business, a lot of it, the Bucks took and put it into the Bullet Club and used it 
for them. So okay, let's be let's be know. honest. The entire Bullet Club is a is a group to the NWO. One hundred percent, one hundred percent, and they wanted Hogan in it. Like yep. no joke. Like one hundred percent, it is, and it it almost makes me sad that they can't use it in AEW. Like if they really were able to pull it off, like if they were able to do like that original ROH group, but call it the Bullet Club or something like that. I feel like it could get really over. Um, and that's just part of me being a mark back in the day. The invasion angle will always have a soft spot in my heart for the NWO because it was the greatest faction of all time. I agree. My my favorite faction of all time in my fi- I have to say it. I will officially say it right now. This is probably the first time I'll, I've ever said this. So y'all can uh, get this on the record. My favorite professional wrestling company company of all time is All Elite Wrestling. It's it's only three years in. Like this is the best wrestling company I've ever seen. Okay. Yep. But WCW will always be my first love. Like that's the reason I became a wrestling fan was WCW, and the biggest part of that was the NWO. And my I mean my first wrestler I ever met in my life was Kevin Nash. Um. You know, Hulk Hogan was the first wrestler I ever recognized ever, like, because, like, he was such a massive just superstar, like, in pop culture and stuff. Like, I knew who Hulk Hogan was before I, I knew what wrestling was. Um, and Randy Savage was, like, just the guy who I thought was cooler than Hulk Hogan and was, like, fighting him or teaming with him most of the time when I started watching. But even he became a member of the NWO. Like, you know, even Sting at one point, if you want to count the Wolfpack, like Sting was in the NWO, like Luger was in the NWO. You have a lot of people like your Stevie Rays and, and yeah. uh, you know, Big Bubble Rogers and that kind of stuff that like, you know, whatever, Vincent, uh, uh, Virgil and stuff. But yeah. but there, there were some like really heavy hitters for the 1990s that were a part of that group. And, and, and they were really cool when they were a part of it. Um, and Scott Hall, like we said, Scott Hall literally he started it like he is the yep. he when you tell the story of the new world order it's always going to start with scott hall coming out of the crowd in in the in the denim and yep. you know you you know who i am but you don't know why i'm here and it's like off to the races i mean people you need, want a war yeah. you want a war well you're gonna get one <laughs> well and it's it's so like and, P- and I know this has been like said so much and people talk about it so much, but I want this to really sink in for people who, because I've heard you talk about this on like old videos with, with Bill and stuff. Like you, you can't miss what you never had. So like, there's some fans that you just can't yeah. understand if you weren't there. But the fact that WCW beat the WWF for 83 weeks straight in the 1990s is insane. When you really think about how they did it, how fast this all happened, and it all pretty much stemmed from the New World Order. Like, I mean, because Sting, as popular as Sting was in WCW before the NWO, like, what makes Sting the icon Sting is his rivalry with the NWO and everything that happened. Like, he was the one guy who the NWO could not... He, he was, was the one he guy. was the Roman. He was the Roman yeah. babyface where like there was no other choice but the NWO. And like I I don't think Hogan and Sting wrestled before, right? Because they before were both babyfaces. No, I don't think it had ever happened. So it, it was like not only that, it was the dream match of Hogan versus Sting. Like it just was the perfect scenario. And it 
And even Sting gave credit to Scott Hall saying you should watch the Crow movie and recommended the Crow uh, gimmick, which, I mean, turned his yep. whole career around. Like, it took him to a whole different level. And Sting so, said that, like, Scott Hall never wanted, like, credit for that either. Like, like, it's been, people know that at this point. He's talked about it, but, like, it wasn't, Hall apparently got more play, more joy out of, like, Sting being so successful with it than people knowing that he came up with the idea, you know, so. You know, so okay, let's let's go to the super chat for Raw. I'm gonna absolutely smash this show, and then we can talk about AEW. Not oh, sorry, excuse me, and feel good about wrestling after watching what I had to suffer through. So yeah, uh, Jigsaw Kid ninety five appreciate the super chat. Says hey yo, why does Owen subject himself to that? Uh, I can't. I can't imagine that this was the plan. No, no. He thought I, he was I, wrestling Steve Austin. He resigned. I, he thought he was wrestling him. Yeah, yeah. I I can't imagine that this was the end game here. No. <laughs> like. Fighting and for honestly, an opportunity to host a talk show at WrestleMania? Like, what? And honestly, Jim Ross has kind of hinted that Austin isn't happy with this either. Yeah. Like, this is a disaster. Let's just call it like it is. This is a terrible WrestleMania card. I'm so pissed I have this ticket. Sell your ticket. Listen, if I can sell my ticket for a single ticket where somebody's just willing to sit there oh, by themselves. because it is just you? It's just me. Oh, I I was able I to get you... it. But here's the thing. I was able to get it for like $120 more cheaper. I would yeah. I would never pay what I like to actually go to this thing if I had to pay the price that they were asking for two tickets. Right. Yeah. So I bid it and just said, you know what, I'll just sit there. I'm gonna watch it at my house anyways, but my God, is this awful. Like I know plenty of people that will be in the building. So it's not like I'm gonna be all the alone, but like oh, oh this is so bad. Um so you know, this was supposed to be the show for Cody. And I'm going to be honest, right? And this is going to be controversial here. But this really reminds me of TNA after AJ Styles left. Like, it is not even remotely close to the company that I knew. This is such a far-off, roster-depleted, very generic, terrible show. Like, there is really nothing to look forward to. And everybody that is actually good has been handed dog crap to go out there and sell. Like, this is, you know, for, okay, the Seth Rollins-Kevin Owens thing, right? Mm -hmm. What is the whole point that's, the, the, what is the main reason? that Steve Austin wants to go on Kevin Owens show because Kevin Owens is talking trash about Texas. Right. Right. So that we've established that Kevin Owens talking trash about Texas and now he's got to pay for it. And stone cold has no, answered. I know, the what, I know what you're getting at too. Like, like why would still like, How does like Seth yeah, Rollins yeah. just all of a sudden say, you know what, if I win my match, yeah. stone cold can come on my show. Right. 
The whole point of him coming on the show is to stand up for Texas. You haven't said a word about Texas. And then not only that, we could have just said, wow, Seth's just desperate. He really needed something. Like, we could just say, look, you've gone off the deep end here. We don't have to go there, right? Instead, we have their raw GM or whatever come out and say, that's a great idea, Seth. In fact, we're going to go ahead and have that match. What? That's where we're at? And then not only that, these guys were friends. Now they're fighting over who gets to interview Stone Cold Steve Austin on a talk show. And then I've heard also that one of the dilemmas about bringing in Cody is they don't really want Seth to job, but they don't want Cody to job, so they don't know what to do. But yet you had no problem having Seth job to Kevin Owens and act like he has nothing to do for WrestleMania. Like, what are we doing? Also, Finn Balor, like, he's the champ of their U.S. title, and he lost, and he got destroyed, and he got – I think he was beat clean, if I can remember. I honestly don't remember. What – what on – how do you give a guy credibility with that title? And then, oh, you know – I'm sorry, but people really should go look at Riddle from Evolve because this is just awful. Randy, bro, you got me popcorn, bro? Yeah, I got you popcorn. Like, popcorn from Florida, bro? Well, I mean, like, from the concession stand. Wow, bro, thanks, man. What? Like... This is what, and then the prophets come down, right? And and challenge them to a match. And I think Randy Orton offers them popcorn and they decline. And then freaking Riddle's like, dude, don't disrespect Randy Orton's celebration for us, bro. Like, I mean, I, I can't, I can't take this. This is so bad. And like the fact that people, I like, how how can you watch that and watch AEW and then tell me that the WWE is better? Like that is just it, it you're a bold-faced liar. There's just no way you think that. There's just no <laughs> yeah. way. This is this is so bad. I, I can't even and and, and and damn it, Cody, please show up. Because I I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't watch this anymore. I can't put myself through this. This was a horrible three-hour experience. And I was blown away by how bad, like, half the show is just them recapping what has happened from terrible. previous segments. It's awful. The show we don't even have anything new. And then you, the girl luckily captured Kevin Owens in the ring saying, like, why are they showing this? This just happened. Like, I feel the same way, Kevin. This is awful. This whole thing sucks. And not only that, this is in front of 6,000 people. We're yeah, dealing no with the going. same we're dealing with the same crowd that AEW is drawing for the most part. But yet that fan base is ready to go crazy. And this fan base, I mean, they're just like it's the main event. It's Seth Rollins, it's Kevin Owens, and I mean, it is just Yeah. Like, this is awful. Awful. 
And I don't. Yeah. I, what have I done, Stephen? Yeah. I mean, you shouldn't watch the show. I might eat two hundred. I might eat it. I don't know. I don't know. What oh, I'm you might just. You might just. Just I not even try it. to sell the ticket. Just eat the I, I, damn, dude. I, just, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I need um, Cody Rhodes to show up in Chicago. I need. I, at this point, I need it. He's not coming back to AEW. I don't think. So, like, if he's not coming back, but but, but honestly, if you're Cody, if you're Cody, how how can you? How can you watch that and be like, I can't wait? You know, I can't. Oh, and, and then like that's a Logan Paul and the Mysterios, like, and Logan Paul is trying to bring the mullet back. I don't, I don't get that, but whatever. I mean, if anybody could, I guess he could. But I, I just, this is so bad. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to do. Yeah, his it, his promo on Mysterio last night was all about how like there's no way someone as small as him could ever beat him, and I'm like, Floyd beats you, and he's as small as. Mysterio is like you have lots of people his size before Logan in in real in real fights um but yeah no the whole thing the, the whole show was 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 terrible um I put up a tweet after the show that I need a Cody Abilla buddy so that someone will, can watch Raw for me from now on and yeah. just tell me if Cody shows up or not and luckily for me like 10 people are legitimately like I will do that for you like just because I watch Raw anyways and I'll let you know I'm like perfect. God God bless their soul. Perfect. So I've got I've got people to just tell me if he shows up. Um I did watch the show last night um but yeah that's the last time I'm doing that cuz that I was I can't do it. No. Nope. Yeah, that was terrible. No way. No, I, I thought I'd give him a shot, you know. Uh, and then I got heat from a couple of people that were upset that I made a remark about how Kevin Owens, hey, yo, did not get picked up by the crowd at all. But I said if it was an AEW, they would immediately pop for it and chant his name. And they were just like, this is not the time for your tribalism and this is not a time to talk about this. And I'm just like, dude, it's not about that. I'm just saying that your hardcore WWE fan base has left and has gone to AEW. That is what I'm saying. Most of these other WWE fans did not grow up with the WWE, except some. Like your WrestleMania, they're going to be able to pick up on stuff like that, right? But like just in good old Jacksonville, Florida, people were just like, Hey, yo. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, like, I pay attention when, like, they pan to the crowd and, like, I see who's, like, in the stands. And it's, like, when I, when Raw, when they show the crowd on Raw last night, it's, it's little kids and their parents. And mm-hmm. then, like, just sad, sad yes. souls that, like, are still holding on, like, hoping yes. it's going to get better again. Um, and it's really sad. I mean, like, and you're right about that, about, like, it, tomorrow i guarantee you someone will come out and say hey yo and they'll be scott hall scott hall yep. scott hall scott. they'll probably be chanting for scott hall Razor or all something night. yep yeah there'll I mean, be different types of things because like i said it's a it's a pro wrestling crowd it's not just aew like it's and that we'll cheer for everything we'll then and, mm-hmm. and these people will go to watch new japan and they'll watch gcw and they'll watch tna like they'll watch everything WWE fans are literally just WWE now. When I also saw WWE fans that, so there were the AEW like tweeted out like a rest in peace, Scott Hall, you know, thing. And there was all these WWE fans that were like, you shan't say anything about, he's never even worked for AEW. He's not a part of AEW. Like, and it's like, 
doubt like that's actual tribalism and wrestling fans right like y'all don't understand that all these wrestlers are friends with each other they don't care where the other wrestlers are wrestling as long as all the boys are making money like they they like they aren't even tribalistic about this because if they were you wouldn't see guys like i mean danielson and, and adam cole and all these guys leaving one company and going to another company and then what do you know guys like cesaro and tyler breeze and all these guys and they're all still friends austin yep. Cree or xavier woods wrestles for the wwe and you're still always seeing him talking about missing breeze and missing cole and missing cesaro and like they're all boys still like yep. the only people that are divisive about this are the as the fan base that that does that just doesn't get it like and it's like it wasn't even necessarily a shot it was just an observation like i just was like wow like you didn't even pick up on that like that that was my biggest thing but it's just like those same weirdos that were upset that like AEW signed owen hart's likeness like with martha hart and they're like he never was even in AEW. but it's like it's pro wrestling dude and owen is part of pro wrestling history well and also the same people that don't get the hey yo reference like, do you think they give a damn about Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens fighting to fighting to interview a guy they've never seen before? Yeah. Like, like Steve Austin, most of their most of the current WWE fan base has was not even alive probably the last time Steve Austin wrestled. So, right. you know, will you get a pop at WrestleMania? Yes, because like you said, there will be actual wrestling fans that will travel in for that show. But the 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 weekly raw viewer doesn't like this is all just probably just just confusing and whatever because that's the other thing with seth rollins okay let's say that the big thing is cody's gonna come in and wrestle him i mean yeah i care because i'm a cody i'm the biggest cody words mark on the planet probably but like who cares seth rollins keeps losing and there's not like some like giant prestige into like getting a match with seth rollins on wrestlemania you've you've framed this as a guy who's not good enough to get on wrestlemania without trying to find like a shortcut in so not not why would you care about his opponent not just that think of how much buzz cody had when that tweet came out that those tweets came out from AEW, from tony khan from dave Meltzer, from everyone saying he is leaving AEW. To where it is now i mean the buzz is gone like it's just kind of like uh, i would agree with that except when you look at social media during raw it's all about where's cody no I, and i agree to that but i feel like each week it's dying down because i think part of the cody package is showing up for wrestlemania and if he's not going to be at wrestlemania and let's just say he shows up for the backlash of wrestlemania like for that pay-per-view i just don't think people will be as excited I think the part of the whole thing was to him to debut, to get a big entrance, to to be a big part of the show, and it just like completely fell flat. We're two weeks away from WrestleMania, and I and honestly, I think he's still showing up. I think he's probably showing up in Chicago. I'm not watching it. Don't let me watch that show. If I even try to talk to myself, if you see me tweeting about something that is going on live scold me i am not allowed to watch that show do not let me go through that again i can't do it okay well but but Mm -hmm. but i i feel like they would not have left seth there with nothing so either cody's wrestling seth 
or Seth is wrestling somebody completely different. I think I know who Seth's wrestling. I think if Cody doesn't show up, Michael Young knows exactly where I'm going with this. Oh, God. I think that's where Veer comes. You've got to be. It, 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 I'm, sell, I'm selling I, the ticket. I'm selling the well, ticket. I'm, I'm I, just because I'm just saying, like, if there, there's no one else, like, like Rollins. I, I feel. I think. I think they're holding off. I, I think they're holding off on Veer. I think they're holding off on Veer in case Cody doesn't actually sign and show up, and that will be Veer's big. That'll be his big debut, kind of like they did with Fandango and uh, Jericho. Like his big like debut match or whatever will be against Rollins at WrestleMania. That's my guess. I mean, Steven, I bought a ticket. Yeah, dumb move, for, dude. For, I, I bought a <laughs> ticket for a return of Stone Cold Steve Austin yeah. and Cody Rhodes. And you believe that I'm going to get Stone Cold Steve Austin on the KO show and Veer versus Seth Rollins. Oh, you'll probably get Omos winning a big match, too. Because he'll be the champion of the company before the end of the year. I promise. I will bet anything on that. So, so you just can't be surprised when you see these moves being made and watch these like these raw shows and like. Because once again, I can't stress it enough. I bet if I was six years old, this would be awesome, because I don't know any better. And that's what and that's what they care about is are they are are, are elementary school kids and middle school kids enjoying the WWE and getting their parents to come to the shows with them? That's. It's over for us, dude. Like it's over. This company's done. This company's and, dead. And, and, dead. And I'm okay with I'm okay with that. Can you just like my logic was I'm watching this on pay-per-view. I might as well just you know pay-per-view but peacock. I might as well since I'm in the building. I got in for less I got in for basically a hundred dollars a day. I'm gonna see Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestle. Cody Rhodes is coming, like, okay, fine, whatever. I'll bite the bullet. And I get this, like, dude, oh my god, tag matches and two women's title matches with terrible buildup, and, like, why, Becky and Bianca are basically wrestling because, yeah, I get the whole SummerSlam thing, but, like, it really heated up because Bianca whipped her with her hair, and she's Mm -hmm. upset about it. And so now, like, Becky... Tried to take her out with the chair. And then Rhonda and Charlotte, I mean, like, I don't know at this point. Like, I think Rhonda should just be given a script and she can just read off of it. She's so robotic with her answers. And I don't really care about Roman and Brock. I was hoping for Riddle and Orton to turn on each other to have a match. That's not happening. I mean, this is just... Yeah. This is a yep. disaster. I mean, and when you really think about it, you, you might even say to yourself, well, like, this might be the worst it's ever been. And and I think it probably is. But when, when you really think about it, too, like last year, WrestleMania, they were building to, like, Shane McMahon versus Braun Strowman based off of Slime and Hopscotch. So, like, you can't really. Yeah. I mean, this is just is what this that's, company is. That's the, valid. The, the, the I'll, golden I'll, egg. Oh, I'll, I'll, Yeah. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'm going to read out the WrestleMania card so far. I'm not, I don't want to go, I don't want to elaborate on it, but this is just to prove the point. This Salt is WrestleMania. Two, two nights of WrestleMania. This is what's announced so far. RK Bro versus some team that they'll, they'll probably, probably street, street profits, right? Street yeah. Or, profits, or it'll be like, 
Yeah, or or they'll uh, Gable and Otis will get in there too, or so. Probably yeah, like a triple triple thing, threat you know? tag team thing. Um, get Edge and AJ. Involved. Edge and AJ will probably be good, but like I'm not I'm not feeling this new Edge character with the new music and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, Pat McAfee and Austin Theory. So Matt McAfee gets on the show. Um, yeah. Austin Theory, like I mean, for are you worried out. that they're gonna make that attack? Not worried. I mean, who gives a crap? No, no <laughs> like, I don't think they're no. No, but, but why? Yeah. Why did Austin Theory get involved in that stupid thing then? With who? Uh, Ballard? He get, he, yeah, he got involved with Ballard. Um. So what are you thinking? They're doing do like McAfee and Ballard versus Theory and like I don't think Vince is wrestling. No, so. Theory and Priest. Oh, theory and pre- uh, I don't know. I don't know, and I don't care. We because, have Johnny because Priest and because Priest this. and Balor have uh-huh. already wrestled like three times. Yeah. So, but you don't have to make sense do that all the time. No, yeah, yeah do that all, you do that all the time. Sense. This is this yeah. is what it is. Um, Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn, another guy who's not a wrestler on the show. Well, by the way, Seth Rollins can't get on the show, but like Pat McAfee and Johnny Knoxville are on it. Um. Zelina and oh, Carmella are feel way better. Yeah, Zelina, Zelina and Carmella are apparently the women's tag champions, and they're going to be wrestling Naomi and Sasha Banks, who I didn't know were a tag team. And I didn't know that Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan were a tag team either, but that's that's happening. I, I don't know if they know that either. Yeah, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. That's literally like the only match that matters, but it's a match that like I don't care enough like about that to like justify the rest of these cards. You have. The Usos versus Nakamura and Boogs, which I guess they're a tag team now. Um, Boog, I thought Boogs was just like his like guitar player. I don't care. You have Drew McIntyre versus Baron Corbin. Wow, sorry, sorry, COVID champ, but like you have taken a massive dip in the last couple. Like you carried the company on your back throughout the pandemic, and now this is this is what you're doing. Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio versus The Miz and Logan Paul once again. Seth Rollins can't get on the show, but Logan Paul can. Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. Um, in a match that's based around hair and uh Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey. Um, and Ronda's and Ronda's buzz is like nothing like it was before. Like, I feel like nobody cares that she's a part of this company at this point. So, like, um, so yeah, I mean, that's you got to sell your tickets, dude. Like, there's you're not gonna have a good time going to the show. No, you already know you're not going to. No, I'm not. I mean, at this point, like, is is if Cody even wrestled on the show, would it be worth it? Probably not. Like, no, you know I, mean, I mean, but it would at least, God, it would give me two. Give me two matches. And the thing that sucks is I need something to justify night one. And, like, Stone Cold on the KO show is just not – it's just not that. Like, that's literally all that there would be to look forward to on night one. Because at least in night two, you get AJ and Edge and Brock and Roman. Like, at least there's that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my AJ and Edge is probably the best match on paper I see. But I feel yeah. like that's going to be slow paced and just working their story of Edge being a psycho and AJ being the baby face. It'll be good, but like there's no way that it'll be worth me going through this hell. No, no, no absolutely not. I, I can I can guarantee that. I mean, at least I'm going to GCW Spring Break, and at least I'm going to Ring of Honor, whatever that show will be. They haven't announced anything for a while, and I feel like Tony Khan doesn't even want that show to happen. But they said the Briscoes are going to be up against the mystery team. Like, it's got to be FTR. You would hope. You would hope. Like, especially if you're not going to bring the Briscoes into AEW, 
like at least get that match out of the way. That way it's like not asked about over and over again. This is your opportunity to do it. Just do it. Do it, damn it. Because I'll tell you what, that WrestleCon Super Show is looking pretty nice. And so is New Japan. Like it's going to be Cross versus Suzuki now. And like the Impact Show is good because it's like a multiverse of wrestling. So it's like Suzuki versus, or it's like uh, Ishii versus Eddie Edwards and Jay White's on the card and the Briscoes are facing the Good Brothers. And like there's, there's good stuff happening that weekend, just not WrestleMania. But like, I, I mean, I have to pay for parking. So like, I, I might just eat it. I might eat it. I don't know what I'm doing. Dude, you have Because I don't think you I can have sell time. it. Well, I can try I, to sell it. I think dude, uh, I've, I've had success before, actually for WrestleMania and for NXT TakeOver where like, I either needed one ticket or I had one ticket that I needed to sell, and I've always been able to do it. So, like, yeah, like I'll say this too. The, like the day of or the day before, even. I'll sometimes. say this too. I don't know if you looked into NXT stand and deliver tickets. Oh, I mean, the most, the most expensive ticket was $47, and that's ringside. And then everything else was like $21, $25. And this is in the American Airlines Center. Like, there's no way they're making money off it's of still this. too much to even charge for that, unfortunately. I'm not going. No, but no, no, not no, only I, that, I you've established your brand as you don't focus on wrestling anymore. Why would I buy a ticket to your wrestling show? Yeah, so you can see Braun Breaker beat Dolph Ziggler. Right, or book. you can see the Italian guy beat Tommaso Ciampa, or you know, I just whatever, whatever. You can watch someone who doesn't know how to skateboard carry a skateboard. You can watch someone yeah. who doesn't know how to play poker play poker. Yeah, you know, it's it's it just yeah. yeah. Carmella, Car Carmella, Carmella versus uh, uh, versus uh, Escobar. That'll be good. That'll be you good. That'll be a match. Yeah. You would think. But they might not be allowed to have good matches anymore. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. But if anyone's going to have a good match on that show, that that that's got a chance. I would agree. Um, I would agree. But there's there's like the the U.S. versus the world is at the same time, and like Davy Richards versus Mike Bailey's on that card. Like there's ooh, a lot of good stuff really on that good. card. The yeah. only problem is it's the same time as session four, and session four has Jay White and some other people I want to meet. So I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to do all of it, but. Um, I don't know. This sucks. I, I think we can. Uh, we we should wrap up the WWE talk with one more thing, and then we'll yeah. go into uh, AEW and wrap the show up. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Pete Dunn's Butch now, so that's you know tells you really all <laughs> you need to know about like the entire company in just like one sentence. Like that's. And did you see the way? Because like he had his, they had him. So this is what they had him do, right? Everyone's like, he's wearing this hat because his hair is like tied up on his head like this yeah right yeah and because of the bun on top of his head being up high like that yeah he's trying to like put this little hat on his head so like the hat's like barely like it looks he looked so freaking goofy like that and and so he looks dumb Mm -hmm. and then they're like oh yeah we, we know this guy we, we know his real name, but uh, yeah, but we're gonna call him by what we call him in the streets. This is Butch. Like, oh my god! Like, the, and, and it, the the best thing is like that. Like the Adam Cole stories, like they're true. Like these are the things that they wanted to do to Adam Cole, calling him. Yeah, he was probably the original Butch. 
like when you really think about it because they call him budge on bte like i bet I you, you i bet you they pitched the name butch to adam cole i bet you anything i hate this company so much yeah so anyways i just want to throw that out there butch well, has, uh, best, after years out, and years best of yeah. luck uh to gunther and butch yeah after years and years the first ever nxt uk uh champ oh sorry the second ever tower bay was the first but you had you years of being in the company and being on nxt uk and being on like the main nxt show he's on there for for years and now it's just let's just forget all that and just he's just got suspenders and this goofy hat and he's butch now so yeah really really lame caesar's going to AEW tomorrow enjoy that that's going to be an awesome show and i guess we we can transition to AEW with that um uh so okay let's let's go with storylines first right yes jeff hardy not even not even uh he had to have his moment to shine allow his brother to get his butt kicked but i it's so jeff hardy that like it doesn't bother me at all right (laughs) he he did it fast he like shuffled down the ramp he He just made sure you know (laughs) but then he he still his priority was to save his brother right um I think part of that too, though, is that he's just been waiting for that moment for so long. I think he wanted in AEW the moment Matt got signed, and he just had to deal with it. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm really still surprised WWE released him. Like, I, I think if they didn't know, like, if they didn't suspect that he was on drugs or anything, I don't think they would have. And so, yeah, happy you for him it, that he got out. You said it best last week. Like, how how. Uh... Like how unsatisfied must he be at your job when like he wasn't even he was sober and just yeah. left. Yeah. Just, just, just locked out during we, a match. We've, we've never seen that before. Like <laughs> like trend, talk about trend center, like trend center. Like this dude was just like and and I heard too that like he made sure that he hit his qualified spots in the match. Like I've done my part, and so he knew he was no longer getting tagged in. So then he was just like, okay, I'm leaving. So, yeah. like, forget about Why did he just refuse to just not go out there? Instead, he's like, I'll go out there, then I'll leave. But That's whatever. Awesome. Um, interesting. Okay, so a lot of things happened in this show uh, from last week. How are you feeling about Scorpio Sky beating Sammy? Um, I, like, I'm okay with it because, like, I they, they've they've – primed sammy or sorry uh, uh scorpio for this like throughout the history of AEW so far like i remember him being the first guy to pin jericho it was like in a tag match but jericho is the world champion yep yep um i think i think he actually beat sammy one-on-one like a while ago and it just like kind of went under the radar um so like there, there's been little hints that like scorpio was eventually gonna get this but I do see him as more of a transitional champ because I don't see him losing, or I don't see Wardlow losing to him. So like it's like Wardlow's gonna be the next TNT champion, in my opinion. So I think Wardlow's gonna lose because of MJF. That's possible too. That's possible too, for sure. Yeah, I yeah. just think that we didn't see MJF last week, so I think he's gonna show up. He's gonna cost Wardlow the match, and then that will immediately start Wardlow and MJF. To, for, for whatever's going to happen there. And you can also have like Lambert and Ethan Page. And like, there, you're going to be a whole lot of reasons why Wardlow, like, you know what I mean? It could be, it could be five, 10 people deep with American top team as to like, to, to keep Wardlow looking strong, even if he loses that match. So. Okay. So how do you feel? Well, so, well, my opinion with Sammy and Scorpio, 
I do think that they were hinting on Scorpio winning more than people were letting on. Like they talked about how he was almost undefeated for a year. He's been getting a more promo time. He has the gimmick now where he snaps his fingers and the lights go out. Like there's definitely been more emphasis on him, Dan Lambert, the whole Paige Van Sant thing and, and getting her signed was part of the deal to get Scorpio the title shot. So they had definitely made a big deal of it. Um, and then also Sammy selling the ribs from the table bump and then going back in there and made it more believable that he was going to lose. Like he's basically his ego got the best of him. So it was smart booking. Um, it sounds like Regal's promo went too long. And so they didn't have the match that they were supposed to have. It got cut short. So that's unfortunate, but you know, he's William Regal. Let the guy talk. And he um, apologized on Twitter. Yeah. He's not really bad about it. Yeah. I saw that. Um, so, so it's interesting. I, I really didn't want Sammy's reign to end because it kind of feels weird. But if you look at it, like Sammy's been the TNT champion for the most part for almost six months. Yeah. So it's been a while. That's so, not just that one week or whatever that Cody had. Right. Yeah. I think Cody had it for three weeks. Oh, and yeah. Then, okay. And then, like, but, but Sammy beat Miro back in like September. So he's yeah. had it for a long time. So I'm, I'm okay with it. Very curious to where Sammy goes from here. Um, I kind of personally would like to see Sammy and Jericho because yeah. the inner circle, he turned on, he turned his back on the inner circle. And we could talk about that as well. Thought Jericho was extremely over the top. I knew he was going to turn heel. There was no way in hell he was going to be that nice after losing. I was glad he turned heel. Not sure about the faction, not sure about the name. Um, a lot of people wanted just inner circle 2.0. What what did you think of the Jericho Society or whatever? It is? Jericho Appreciation yeah, Society. Yeah, Society. Yeah, yeah. What did you I think mean, of that? I think they're just really leaning into the idea that like people want to boo Jericho and like that's it's the the reason the name is so cheesy is because like it's supposed to make you it's like it's the reaction they're going for, I think, like to make it that that cheesy of a name. I think it'll be like so you have uh, 2.0 Jericho Hager and Garcia now. Yeah. So on the other side, I'm thinking they probably do Santana and Ortiz, Kingston, um, Sammy Guevara, and then maybe there's another guy that I'm missing that they add into that into that mix. Um, Personally, I would like Sammy out of it. I would bring in somebody completely new. We just kind of like Daniel Garcia's new. Like, I think that they should bring in somebody new. Because Sammy's kind of established himself now as a different guy. So I would like to see somebody new that could get that shine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they got a lot of options, too. I Because mean, you got to think, too, the pinnacle is broken up as well. Did they officially break up? I don't know. No, but I mean, without yeah. Wardlow, I mean, you just have FTR and Sean Spears, which I guess could still work. But, but they also fired Tolly as well, which is different. Right. There's a lot that happened in this show. Um, So there's that. Um, What else was really noteworthy? I want to say real quick that I think 2.0 with Jericho is like a really good pairing. Like that tag team, the two of them would be really funny. Garcia seems a little out of place, but I think he'll eventually wind up in the Danielson and Moss group at some point. So Yeah, I think people had already built that in their mind that he was going there. So to see him with Jericho's group, it was kind of like, uh, okay, I guess. I think he's going to be like, dude, y'all are like, eventually like, this is weird. Y'all are lame. Like, this isn't for me. Like these guys are for me over here. 
Like, yeah. Yeah. I could see something like that. Um, and with the with the Hardys, what we what we looking at? You think you think Hardys versus Private Party? I think would definitely be happening. Yeah, I I think I mean I think we're kind of like the Hardys wrestling some dream matches that like we've never seen uh, for a minute. Then I, I think at the pay per view they'll probably do Bucks and Hardys like as soon as they can on pay per view. I think like, they're gonna do that for the greatest tag team of all time on the line. Like that's the way that I view that they'll yeah. they'll do that match. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if like the Bucks somehow won the titles and then put them over and gave them the titles or something like that. Because I do think the Hardys are going to be the AEW Tag Team Champions at some point. And by the way, it's so sick that they have their original music. That just yeah. makes things so much better and really just feels like the Hardys. So that's dope. And see, that's another thing with like Tony Khan being such a diehard fan is he knows how important that music is. But like, if you were to talk to maybe like a Dixie Carter or something, they just like, how much do they want? No, we're not doing that. That's ridiculous. But like, he understands. Well, no, we need that music. So um, I think that that's really dope. I really want to see Jeff and Darby in a singles match. I think that would be really sick and and really something that like that they have build to where they can be really creative. Because I think that they could have something that's like. MJF CM Punk like but in a totally like different cinematic gothish weird way that I think would be really sick especially since Jeff's like all about color and Darby's all about like black and white I think that the contrast would be really dope um I I don't know if we're ever going to see Sting in a singles match and I'm okay with that but a lot of people want them to run back Jeff Hardy and yes. Sting just to make the the wrong thing right. Yes, redemption match. Right. So I mean that could happen too. There's a lot of options there, but I'm I'm definitely happy that Jeff's there, and I think it's a blessing for Matt because Matt was really getting stale with the House of Hardy and all that stuff. So yeah, I agree. And and they have so many. They have infinitely more options with Jeff than they do with Matt just in general. Cause like they could have Jeff like these singles matches we're talking about, but not just that he's still so over and so like respected by like the next generation of wrestlers and, and yeah. fans that like you could, I'm not saying they should do this. I'm just saying like, you could have Jeff Hardy go in there. Like Jeff Hardy could beat a hangman page or someone for the world title. And people like, wouldn't feel like it was like, a, like the worst idea in the world you know because like jeff hardy is still jeff hardy like at the end of the day like he's he's one of the biggest stars like in from like his time period of wrestling you at you ask wrestling fans that don't even watch wrestling anymore but if they watched it at all in the early 2000s they all remember jeff hardy like um once again i'm not saying like have him go in and win the world title and like beat these like up-and-comers but i am but like he wouldn't he wouldn't feel out of place in the in the main event scene of AEW as a singles guy like immediately so jeff is one of those guys that like i've always respected but like i only feel like how do i say this a certain group like really loves him like he has a connection to certain fans that are like that think he's the greatest thing ever and it feels to me very much like bray wyatt like how that connection is there because like those diehard Bray Wyatt fans like they think he's the best thing ever and I feel like Jeff has that same connection with a lot of the fans like 
I love Jeff for his legacy and for how much he's put out there and all that stuff. But like, he's never been my favorite wrestler, but there's a lot of people that that guy is their absolute favorite wrestler. So he has a weird, um, he has a weird relationship with, with the audience because it's like, I think universally everybody likes Jeff, but there's fans that like absolutely love Jeff. Yeah, exactly. Like he's a guy who, I think guys will always think is cool just because like the way he carries himself and like the, the moves and the the spots off the ladders and all that stuff. And like the girls all think he's hot. And so, I mean, it's just like, he just kind of appeals yep. to everybody. Um, yep. And granted, like, you know, do you have to be cautious to a degree with Jeff Hardy just because of his history? Like there's been a lot of times in his career where he's been the world champion or right around there. And like, then he's like, he has you know personal stuff go on. But at the same time, my mindset is like, when you got a guy like Jeff Hardy, like you just, you, you, I, I would say use him. That sounds bad, but like you, 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 you utilize him. That's a better way yeah. of putting it. You utilize him just to the best of the abilities you can while you have him. Like, because you don't know uh, how committed he is to wrestling always. You don't know how committed he is uh, to, to music and to the art and to yeah. all the other stuff that he, that he really, really enjoys. And Matt's always been like the massive wrestling fan. And Jeff was just always just like really, really good at being like over with the crowd. And he like Matt, it's almost sad because like Matt Hardy really should have been the one to be in Jeff Hardy's spot this entire time based on like his actual love of professional wrestling. But Jeff was just the one who was just way more charismatic. And they're, they're just, it's it's just it's interesting to see how this is all kind of played out and but i will say this i watched something on youtube the other day where it was jeff hardy wearing headphones and someone was playing random wrestling songs from like the past yeah, yeah. and and he got almost every one of them like so yeah. like he's he's a fan you know what i For mean sure. but like um but it's just one of those things where like i said you got jeff hardy like i treat him i treat jeff hardy like you're never gonna lose jeff hardy like if you if, if something if, if he winds up leaving at some point he winds up leaving at some point for whatever reason but like yeah utilize him while you have him uh get all the dream matches you can push him as a singles guy and as a tag team guy and uh and also it just needs to be completely put out there because people might not know like he he did not fail the drug test that WWE made him take. Right. And he and there's a, and he was right to say, I'm not going to rehab. Like y'all are wrong about me. That I don't have the problems you think I have. And right. um, and he deserves credit for that because you know, he he's in the right when it comes to this. Like, has he had a history? Yeah, but does that mean he's always gonna, you know, that doesn't mean he's always gonna be a, a screw up or whatever. Like he, he's right. really he's really had it together the last, you know, handful of years and then take into account the stuff this guy went through. Like, I, th- I think, he, I think they lost their mom really young. Uh, I think yep. breast cancer that I remember when his like dog in like, like died in a fire along with yep. like all of his belongings and a trailer. And like, he's been, he's been through some serious stuff. So it's like, I understand why Jeff Hardy is such a complex guy and like so many layers to him. Um, and that's also probably why, whether it's right or wrong, I do give him a lot more slack just personally where I'm like, you know what? Like he's made some mistakes, but the, all the cool stuff and the great stuff and all the awesome memories, similar to Scott Hall. I have so much awesome yeah. memories of these guys that like, yep. yeah, there was a dark side to it, but like the good heavily outweighed the bad. So also like, I don't think, I mean, he had a huge run in TNA. 
a huge yeah. run in TNA. He had a lot like, of legitimacy to the company. Yeah. It ended some in some sad ways, but like you know, the Victory Road thing, of course, was awful and all. But like you know, the whole Immortal run, he was the champion. Like he was a main eventer for that company, a huge big big draw for that company. Like he he's not just a you know your tag match guy. And I I think that there's really a lot of meat on the bone if him and CM Punk want to run that thing back yeah. in a storyline. Because there's a lot ha- that this happened to Jeff that Jeff wasn't necessarily like that when they had that angle that I think CM Punk could really dig into and if they want to go there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and also you, you brought up the immortal thing and I I'm probably in the minority big time on this, but I was I really liked when Jeff turned heel and cut his yeah. hair and was like smoking yep. cigarettes coming out to the ring and stuff like, cause it was so different. And like, yep. there was so much meat on the bone in that heel Jeff Hardy character. And it just got ruined because of the convoluted immortal and fortune and all the yep. bullshit, the, the, the abyss Hulkamania ring and all the stupid shit around it. That like Russo mania, baby. Yeah. Ken, Ken Kennedy became like the face of the company for like a day. And then like, was just a part of aces and eights. And it's just, but the, but the, I, I, there's still, I think there's still potential there too. If Jeff ever wants to go there again and really change it up. Like we've never really seen a real Jeff Hardy heel turn or heel run. We got a little taste of it in TNA, but like, I think you could do some really cool stuff with something like that again. So. Yeah, I agreed. Plus, you also have Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker tomorrow for yep. the title in a steel cage match. I think that that will be uh, better than their last match, and I think that Thunder Rosa is going to win. I'm very curious what happens with Britt Baker after this and, and where that goes. Um, and, and who knows? Maybe you know this is that there will be a rematch, but Thunder Rosa will be the champion going into the pay-per-view and Britt will be the challenger. Like there's just a lot of ways this thing can go by the time we're at double or nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I totally well, we, agree. I think Thunder Rosa for sure is going to win the title tomorrow. Yeah. If she doesn't, then wow. They pulled one on us. Um, we have a couple more super chats and then we'll be done. Cool. Jigsaw kids and another one. I uh, appreciate it, man. Uh, they book uh, people like they're mentally handicapped. You're talking about the WWE. I agree. Yeah. It's a, it's just I mean, so lazy. Riddle lazy. specifically. Like I, I've oh. made the comparison where like I'm not I'm not making fun in any way, shape, or form of anybody who has any kind of disability or, or mental handicap or anything like that. But like Riddle, current Riddle reminds me so much of what Eugene was. Like, yeah. like, you know, and, and but like, he's so much cooler than that. Like, no, really he could be the guy. He I totally could be agree. the guy. Totally. And they just treat him like he is just this idiot. And it is just painful. I mean, and, and what Vince needs to realize is a lot of these people saw Riddle in the Ultimate Fighter. They saw him in the UFC. They know what real Riddle is. They saw him in the Indies and like, Man, this is not this is not it. This is not it. And also, like Austin Theory used to be a somewhat of a badass. Like, yeah, he was somewhat of a heel, but like, dude, he's such a chicken shit coward. And it's just and just like Vince's lackey, and man, are they out of touch. But yeah, let me get to these super chats. Oh, um, I really go just, ahead. I'm sorry. It, it, I, I'm gonna pull this up real quick just to clarify. Um, yeah. I don't want um well, uh, sorry, I did but, that one. Go ahead. Uh, uh, so, um, 
I, I agree. And I'm, once again, I need to stress, I'm not making fun of anybody who, who is mentally handicapped. My, my point is the presentation on the show, the way they communicate, it was very similar. Like Eugene was always uncle Regal, uncle Regal, watch me wrestle. Yay. And they would like kind of trick him by like, like, like treating him like he, he was a child and riddles the same kind of way where it's like, yeah. they're if you're a kid and you don't understand what marijuana is, you would you would see no difference between what Riddle and what Eugene were because like well, you I, don't... I would say this if you if they both got their script, it would look the same on paper, right? Like it's exactly the, the yes. same words yes. they're reading. Like they might present it differently, but they're getting the same stuff to say. Exactly, exactly. And by the way, Nick Densmore pulled that off fantastically. Um, yeah. by the way, like he doesn't get enough credit for for how well he he. Did that I, I hated so. Eugene so much. I hated that thing. I, he did a good job, but like, uh, I'm like, you're feuding with Triple H? Like, you're feuding what? Why are we doing this? You're right. It was Uncle Bischoff. But, but William Regal was like his, like, he, he was assigned to William Regal to, like, yeah. be his Basically manager. keep him away from Bischoff is what right. he basically was. Like, right. Regal was like the raw GM, and it's like, watch my ridiculous nephew or whatever, I'm going to go do my job. Right. Uh, Dirty wants to know, appreciate it, Dirty. Um, Dirty wants to know, have I played WW2K22? Yes, I bought it. I bought the NWO version, which is the most expensive version. Because I looked in, like, the season pass is $40. So even with – so you would get the season pass in the regular game. So you're already spending 100 bucks, and then you don't get the Undertaker pack, and you don't get the NWO pack. So I was like, whatever, I'll just spend the whole the whole thing. And, you know, it pissed me off too. Is like they'll probably charge like later on down the road like twenty bucks for the NWO pack, and that thing is ten megabytes. Like it is just this little tiny file. But uh, yeah, they got to make their money. But honestly, the game's pretty good. It's not bad. Like the controls are pretty good, and it's worked pretty smooth. Sometimes online, there's been weird issues where like I've been kicked off. Um, the creative community is amazing though, dude. Like there's just every wrestler you can think of in there that you can just download. I mean, and they look a hundred percent and even some of the announcers will say their full name. Like he'll be like, and here comes Kenny Omega. And you're like, wow. Okay. But like people have created dynamite. They've created rampage. They've created full gear and all out. Like they have the, that arena. You can download that. You can download the AEW world title. You can download all the AEW wrestlers. The only thing that sucks is you only get a hundred slots. So you can only download a hundred total wrestlers, but I mean, you can pretty much do any dream match you want. You can upload a picture of, like what you find like on Google or whatever. And then that will be their picture in the versus screen. So it won't just be like some guy in a, there's a shadow box. So it's a pretty good game. I'm almost disappointed that they're going to go with EA because this, this was a, it took a big step and it's not bad. I definitely have uh, played it quite a bit and uh, the reversal system's pretty cool. Like as long as you're, predicting what you're what what you're gonna do i'll reverse it so if i know that you're gonna press the punch button and i press the punch button then i'll reverse you so you can't just be the same button masher over and over again it forces you to change things up you know that's actually uh 
that sounds pretty good. Like I like that idea for the reversal system. Instead of just hitting like the the left bumper or whatever, like just hoping to reverse something over and over, you actually have to mimic the the button the other person's hitting. I uh I have not played it yet. <laughs> I if I'm going to, it'll be whenever it goes on a discount. I, yeah. I, I might I might grab it. I have been I have been playing uh, Action Arcade Wrestling a bit though. But you yeah. recommended that one, and yeah. that one. It's amazing how like they have all the rest. They uh, they they look the, like the wrestlers. They have all their move sets. Like really really cool. Um, um, I'll say this for anyone who wants kind of more talk about the video game or just like video games in general. On Thursday during the spotlight on Fightful, um, myself and Jeremy already recorded the episode today. But we had Mike Straw on, and he is a uh, managing editor for Sports Gamers On, and he does uh, stuff with PC Invasion. And uh, so he he basically is, like, paid to play and review video games. So um, he, we have a pretty good interview with him that's going to be dropping tomorrow. Uh, our show starts at 2 p.m. – or, sorry, on Thursday. Our show starts at 2 p.m. Eastern on Thursdays, and the, the interview usually starts around 3.15 or 3.30. So – um, if you want more talk on the video game from someone who like really, um, you know, who's like really deep in that world and like, and like writes about it and reports on it and stuff like that. Uh, y'all, y'all probably like that conversation. Um, and also real quick, before I forget to mention it, shout out to Unkind Esports. Speaking of video games, check out their website, unkindesports.com. Check out the, all their social media at Unkind Esports. And, uh, there's a lot of wrestling fans over there. A lot of MMA fans be a part of their community. Watch them on Twitch. Get in the Twitch, the Twitch chat. Um, if you're a gamer, hit them up. If you're interested in social media, hit them up. I know they're looking for people to get involved. And uh, yeah, shout out Unkind Esports. That was kind of perfect how we were talking about video games. And uh, you know, I can tell you all a little bit about Unkind Esports before we get out of here. But um, yeah, there's a lot yeah. of buzz with this game. Like it's definitely uh, people seem to be pretty happy with it. IGN gave it an eight, which isn't bad, especially with the bad reputation that it had. Um, it, like I said, what's crazy too, is there's already AEW guys on the roster that they didn't take out. So there is Kyle O'Reilly already in there. There's, um, Keith Lee, there's Jeff Hardy. So then if you go into the creative corner and you take, uh, Kenny Omega and Adam Page and, um, creative community, you take Kenny Omega and Adam Page and Adam Cole and like John Moxley. There's there's an amazing John Moxley in there. There's an amazing Kenny Omega in there. And I mean, all the tights, everything. Like these people are incredible that make these things. And then they also mm-hmm. will just take the wrestler, so it already looks like them, and they'll put the like exact uh, uniform outfit, whatever tights that they come out to. I mean, there's so many CM Punks in there. Like it's a, uh, it's pretty amazing. So you can basically have an AEW versus WWE game. I mean, you can do AEW versus WCW wrestlers. Like they have an AEW Sting in there and the '97 Sting in there. So that's sick. Like, um, and then if you got the NWO pack, you already have Scott Hall. You have Hogan. You have Nash. Like it's the roster is is pretty deep i mean if you're talking like i think they have like 160 total after all the packs that have come through that will come through and then you add another 100 i mean you're talking 260 wrestlers so it's pretty incredible yeah i uh i think the guy i think mike straw who i was just talking about i think he's the one who actually he either told sean or he's the one who wrote the thing about 
EA getting involved with this to begin with. And I also, I, w- I want to, <laughs> this is so on brand. This is the last thing that I'll say, um, but it just has to be pointed out. This is so a thing that happens every freaking year with this company. The day that WWE 2K22 launched, they changed Pete Dunne's name to Butch. So it was immediately, immediately out of date. So anyways. You need that DLC. Yeah. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it. If you guys haven't hit that like button, please do share this video out. Um, Definitely appreciate you guys all coming in and watching. We definitely noticed some channel growth, so we really appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, man, rest in peace, Scott Hall. The bad guy is is out, and uh, he left an amazing legacy. And, like I said, thanks for joining us, and we'll uh, catch you guys next week. We're going to hit the outro. We're going to hit the outro this week. we're going to hit the outro. Sorry, I totally botched that last time. And then I hit the outro for the intro, so it was amateur hour today. Here we go. Here's the, here's the out. Thank you for tuning in to Live Rounds. Make sure you leave a like, leave a comment, and donate to Steven Jensen. He will read out your donations on the next week's show. Also, don't forget to follow Doug Bateman and Steven Jensen on Twitter. And if you like what you heard tonight, check out more Live Rounds episodes.